Hi, this is Reese Roper, and you're listening to our newest podcast ever. Hey, everybody, this is Andrew and John, and we love this podcast because it's about us. Welcome to Magnified Pod, the second season, our newest podcast ever. And I did it all for the nookie. <laughs> this is Andrew. This is John. And this is our podcast. Yes. Uh, that that intro uh-huh. will be relevant later. Okay. It's not. Um, well, you know. Okay, I'll just I'll just say it up front. What year are we talking today? It's ninety nine, bro. Talking ninety nine. Year of the biscuit. <laughs> year of the biscuit. Year of the new metal. It's this is. We're gonna get it. We're gonna get into it a little later, but you know, before we before we get uh, before we our biscuits get limp, I want to <laughs> I want to introduce um, our first like uh, I don't even know how we were talking about this before we started recording that a guest that is not an interview but is contributing to mm-hmm. the pod. I think that's a I don't even know what yeah. to call it. Just like a contributing. He's going to be uh, riding alongside us for this whole journey. Yeah. Not just a my, certain interview segment. No, it's definitely not just an interview. It's my brother, Brian Nelson Phelan. Hey. hey everybody. Yeah. He's, um, we've, we've been talking about, we've been talking about Brian, um, quite a bit throughout the, the history of the pod. Um, he's a legend. Or, yeah. <laughs> yes. I think that was the word you used last week. I was not comfortable with. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Legend, legend is is generous, <laughs> but um, he. I think I mentioned maybe in the first episode about how I I uh, my first introduction to Five Iron was I think from my memory was at least through him because I borrowed his upbeats and beatdown CDs his C, the CD for my uh, drama class and um, but we'll we'll get into some of the. Um, all of that that history stuff when we when we start talking about the record a little later. Well, uh, Andrew, I wanted to ask you: When did you first hear of Brian Nelson Phelan? <laughs> um, I think I first heard of Brian Brian Nelson Phelan would have been. Oh, when did you first hear <laughs> of OG Brian Phelan? OG Brian Phelan. Um, Let's see. When did I start forming memories? <laughs> it's around then. <laughs> so it was around you know, maybe uh, 80, 80, 88? Yeah, that sounds 80, right. Eighty. You know, was I was I uh, four years old? When did I start having uh, object permanence? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so first there was object permanence. Then yeah. he gave you his CD, and now this is all owed to Brian, basically. So. <laughs> Yes, that's Buddy. that's the very very short history of of the development of my brain and our relationship. <laughs> None of this <laughs> would have been possible without you. That's all you need to know. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, we'll get into we'll get into because Brian, you is that your original uh, proof that you threw a revolting CD? Yes. Okay. Yeah, because oh. I had to. I had to, so. Um. I don't want to get too too ahead of ourselves because I, I do have we do have some corrections that we need to make. Uh oh. Um, 
maybe we should just do that at the top of the show. Any apologies too, or just um, we're, John and I are both canceled. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's, see it's, you guys. What, what, which is actually kind of amazing that it's taken this long. Yeah. Right. Mm. <laughs> um, no, but so I, I think I, uh, I had said that this was recorded at Cornerstone when in reality, this was recorded. This live album was partially. recorded like, yeah, partially, but they don't really indicate which songs with the exception of the, the opening, which right. gives the impression that it's recorded at yeah, Cornerstone. Yeah, yeah. Sure. But, but Danny Leary um, calls this out in a, in a voicemail <laughs> that we'll listen to a little later, but yeah, that to just want to get that at the top of the show that, yeah. Um, surprisingly, uh, the, this podcast lacks professionalism and research. So mm. that shouldn't surprise you that we got something right. We got something wrong. Well, it should surprise you when we get something right. But right. I think we, at the top, at the top of this new season and at the very first MXPX episode, we said, you know, mostly five iron and mostly accurate. You know, that, yep. that's, that's what we aim for. That's the very high bar. I think it's fair. Yeah. John, are you drinking anything over there? Cause you have no more magnified hops. <laughs> It's true. You know, it's uh, it's been a long week, and I needed something a little stronger than beer tonight, uh, so <laughs> I got some little cocktail action. Just ooh. a just a G and T. Oh, nice. Well, Brian and I finished up some Koval bourbon. Oh yeah. And now good. bourbon. I thought it was a single malt. No, it was a it was the Koval bourbon. I think. But we're gonna crack open some uh, Three Floyd's Gumball Heads mm. over here. Into it. Yeah, normally I prefer my liquor brown, but this is uh, what my wife likes, and I was like, "Whatever, we'll get the job done." It's a very summery drink. You you must be. Uh... Yeah, it's summertime in my wife's heart all the time. <laughs> What's happening over there? <laughs> um, I must have a spit take for yeah, some reason. Nice. So. Um, and I guess there's another correction I need to make. It's it was not nothing that anybody pointed out to me, but I I didn't make a I, I talked last episode about the five iron shows and MXPX shows that were happening, but I just talked about Atlanta and I totally didn't even mention Orlando that was also happening. Yeah, uh, happening last week. Uh, but um, we did. I did get some. Um, we do have some voicemails from people that were there and i know that danny uh danny stairs was there uh nikki p was there um and it sounds like they were they were amazing shows and that uh everybody was super amped up so like pretty cool i'm sorry to have missed it yep. uh, do you have anything else you want to discuss before we before we uh get into some voicemails and before we get into this week's game I don't think so. Let's let's do this. All right, let's do some. Um, why don't we Why don't we start with a little Nikki P? Since we haven't heard from our boy Nikki P. Nikki P. Over here, we haven't talked to this guy in a while. Over here, it's been a while. It's been a while. Hey, it's your Nikki boy, Nikki <laughs> P. Over here. Hey, what are you doing <laughs> over here, boys? What the fuck is up? <laughs> uh, sorry for the long hiatus of uh, of uh, silence, but. Uh, it's been taking me a while to get through your content, but you guys told me to call mm. after the MXTX 5 Iron Show in Atlanta. That's right. And it was off the chain. Off the chain. One was a good buddy of mine. He's a huge 5 Iron friend. Fan, rather. And I'm more of an MXTX guy. But this podcast, y'all's podcast, has uh, has brought me into taking some deep dives 
yeah. into Five Iron's catalog. So thanks for putting out that spicy, delicious content. <laughs> also saw our boy under the stairs, Danny Stairs. Yeah. Um, nice. There. He was in the VIP line, and I uh, rode his coattails, then got into the VIP line um, without mm. a VIP ticket. So thanks to our boy under the stairs. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else. I don't want to take up too much time. So uh, if you want to follow up, I got I got a message y'all. Um, super pumped to have listened to the third episode, which was released today. So I will be listening to that. But many smooches, magnified pod for life. Yeah, man, I missed I missed that guy. <laughs> he's he's the dude. He is he is the dude. And it, it, this is also why it bums me out that like that amazing MXPX five iron show that we had in Chicago brought so many great people together. And, uh, man, I wish, uh, Adam from North Carolina was there and, and Brian was there. Uh, and, um, um, you know, and, um, man, I'm blanking on blanking on some folks, but, uh, a lot of people, a lot of people were there. And I was like, Man, if they're just, there were like some more, I just, it's, it feels like now this is like, that would have been a spot to like be at too. Like getting Nikki P in that up in, up in the action. Yeah. Okay. Next uh, time. Next time. We'll, we'll make that shit happen. Um, we have some, uh, some Danny Leary action here. Hey, this is Danny, Sadie Hawkins pod at Sadie Hawkins pod oh, on Twitter and Instagram. <laughs> okay. You can call our voicemail line, which is 402 Sadie. Let us know. <laughs> What do you think of Relying K? Okay. Go ahead and do that. Anyway, I'm calling because I just started <laughs> listening to the uh, quality, quantity is job number one. And Andrew. We have a, little, fa- we have a little fail here. Just wait. Uh-oh. Okay, I'm back. Uh, you can um, edit that. Anyway, if you want to. Anyway, uh, Andrew was Don't talking make- about having... Don't make more work for me. Yeah. So he's calling in, he's plugging his own <laughs> podcast, and he's telling me how to edit my podcast. This guy. This, this fucking guy. Somebody on who had been at Cornerstone 1999, and then you mentioned that's where Proof That the Youth Are Revolting was taped. But the fact is mm-hmm. that album was like recorded all over that summer tour of whatever it was 98 or 99 i can't remember because i don't have the liner notes and i've actually already tweeted this at the show and andrew replied and he's looking at the liner notes now but i was bringing this up because yeah a lot of people don't realize it especially now with streaming you just hear that first track where they're like cornerstone welcome fire frenzy whatever (laughs) and then you don't you don't assume like each track is kind of going back and forth across the country for that like a bunch of christian festivals that they toured that year uh, one of them is Inside Out Soul Fest, which is now just called Soul Fest. And when you guys originally talked about Cornerstone in an early MagPod episode, I was like tearing tearing your ear off about my Soul Fest experiences. But particularly, I remember like 98, 99, whenever they would have been taping that album, they had it advertised because Fire and Frenzy played multiple sets at Soul Fest that year. And they're like, come to this specific set because they're going to be recording their live album there. You know, so I guess it, it was in one of the indoor locations, which they didn't have a lot of shows there. And I was like, I got to go to that show. I got to be part. And I assumed it was going to be all the live album, not that it was just going to be one portion of it for the final product. 
that year I went with our church youth group and they had all these rules about you got to check in here at this time. You can't be without a partner like like the buddy system. You got to go to this many sermons, not just all music, and you have to have something signed off as you went. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that was the last year I ever went with church Dang. or youth group or anything. I always went by myself after that because I couldn't get to that 500 friends. I could much less like get in line to get inside. Like I could, didn't even wasn't even allowed the time to go to it. So I was like, fuck them. <laughs> I had always went to Soul Fest by myself after that. Um, but yeah, in the end, it was like not just Soul Fest. Like, I assumed it's, like, all kinds of different places that they recorded for that final album. Like, not final album. What the fuck? <laughs> there is a final album. Uh, anyway. See you later. <laughs> Danny, a little he, scattered. Well, yeah. I mean, I think he was realizing that he was a uh, – he, he got it in under the wire because, as oh, we all right, know, right, right. The, the Google Voice only gives you three minutes and we have the kind of listeners who will for sure take up that <laughs> we yeah. do three hours they give us three minutes so. that's that's how it works so yeah um so looking at the liner notes here they they list the cities and some of the festival names okay. on but they don't list all the festival names in here so um but yeah uh i don't i'm assuming like maybe he said Soul Fest. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, I don't, there's like, that's, it's usually, yeah, that was out east somewhere, I think. Yeah. yeah so there's yeah. like um, Virginia, Maryland. Uh, is there a Pennsylvania one? In there's there? Mount, yeah. Un- Mount Union, Pennsylvania. That sounds right. Yeah. I, I think I went to Soul Fest once back in the day to see, do you remember Anathalo? Of course I do. Um, and I think they play, <laughs> they may have played Soul Fest or something like that. that but, yeah, that may be that might be the show. I wonder because he said it was an indoor recording. Yeah, and in the outtakes, you hear Leonor say, "Like, sorry, yeah. we're in seats now. We're sellouts, and you gotta." Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, we have a. Let's have a little. Let's have some Danny stairs because he has some. He has some uh, experience with the live shows too. What's up, guys? Your boy Danny stairs again. Long time no call. Um, Following up, I'm excited to hear from Andrew's brother about his experience being at the recording of Proof That the Youth Are Revolting. They also uh, recorded that at um, the Alive Music Festival. And I was at the Alive Music Festival. Um, There was an opportunity to sign up to say you were there to have your name in the liner notes or whatever. Um, But I was, at that point, I was way too cool for Scott. So even though I watched them play, I didn't want anybody to know. So I did not, intentionally did not sign up for uh, saying I was there because it'd be way too fucking embarrassing. And then, you know, I couldn't even be uh, an online presence anywhere right now because people would still be ridiculing me if they found out how much I like Scott. So uh, I'm interested to hear his take on it and if he's actually proud of himself. But, uh, you know. Never proud of myself. Mad proud for life. Love you guys. Um, so, yeah, he's his – I just double-checked to make sure – this wasn't another Danny Stairs lie. Uh-huh. Um, he, if he was in here, he, he would be next to Ken Starr. Ken Starr was a <laughs> Ken Starr was at is a big ska fan. Evidently, he got yeah. down in Peachy and Clinton and he went to the ska fest. <laughs> yeah, he was to like, go s- straight to Creation Fest or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
But yeah, Brian is in here for the record. Yeah, um, I was gonna ask you about this. OG OG Brian Phelan in here. Nicely back before done. I made my name a mouthful. Yeah, so he's <laughs> um he's a uh, between Megan Megan Fender with a PF and Melissa Phelps. Um, there are a number of Phelps in here. There's, a, there's another fr- uh, podcast mention that is in the in the liner notes there. If you look under John Ecker. He's oh, that's true. I was going to ask if he was in there too, yeah. Yeah, there is our boy John Ecker. Uh, there he is. Yep. Man, yeah, so we've got some, uh, some, some old school peeps, some old Magpod references. Mm-hmm. Um, so Danny Stairs has some other um, thoughts about some of the things we talked about last week this last episode uh, related to movies. Hey guys, your boy Danny Stanford again. Um, calling in response to Andrew talking about his first R-rated movie uh, in the theaters, Saving Private Ryan. I recall, I don't know how old I would have been, you guys can figure this out if you want, but what you can figure out the year. Uh, my cousin and I went to go see Mod Squad and we tried to get tickets, but it was rated R, so we couldn't get tickets because we were, you know, obviously we weren't 18 at that time. Uh, so we got tickets instead to 10 Things I Hate About You, and we meant to sneak into Mod Squad. Then we got too nervous, so we just went and saw 10 Things I Hate About You. And I'm a super softy. I, I don't always show this side, but uh, I love romantic comedy. So I actually thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, I'm not sure how my cousin felt about that. I don't remember. but uh, So that was my first attempt at sneaking into an R-rated movie, and instead I just snuck into the movie I paid to go see. Um, and I had a good time. Anyhow, back up for life. There's not even 10 things I hate about you guys. <laughs> well, let's, let's first off clear, let's set the record straight. Nothing wrong with 10 things I hate about you. Um, yeah. Uh Oh, John, John <laughs> controversy, a little controversy. This is like the Heath Ledger yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Joseph I felt- Gordon, Joseph Gordon Levitt. Uh, uh, Larissa Olenek. Um, I felt conflicted about it in high school because I felt like it was like, um, you know, he's got the whole thing where he's trying to be like punk and cool for uh, Julia Stiles. Well, it's it's, like, it's just, it's it's the same thing as like, the, t- the they were doing, it was in the same era as, um, you know, the Romeo and Juliet with uh, the, the Leo because it was just like a common day uh, taming of the shrew was right, right. So it was know. just, it was just, but it was just something about like I had this, you know, my okay. my puritanical gatekeeper. Oh, I know you because you, you're the worst philosophy. <laughs> yeah, that's correct. <laughs> and I was just like, Ugh, they're name dropping like bikini kill on the raincoats, but like they don't even know what that means. This is like disrespecting. <laughs> oh, you're so unbearable. <laughs> <laughs> correct. <laughs> I remember it had a good soundtrack, though. Yeah, yeah it did. Um, Brian, so we talked about this last week. Did you – I was – so Danny Stairs and I were too good to sneak into a movie. John was a rebel <laughs> and punk and was like, dude, whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> I was sneaking into all kinds of movies. What <laughs> yeah, a crazy guy. You could do whatever you worked at the theater. That's and true. Like, what are they going to do, fire him? Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, you could have done that. Did you, did you ever – did you ever do that? Like buy I, another ticket and sneak into a movie? I don't remember doing that. But I also don't remember wanting to do it and not doing it. You know what I mean? Right. Like I just, mm. I, I feel like, cause I, I don't know. I don't think, I didn't go to the theater that much in high mm. school. We ended up just renting a lot of movies. Yeah, we rented, I mean, 
you know, Blockbuster, lot, Blockbuster yeah. got our business for sure. Yeah, the Rand Road Blockbuster. Just yeah. hitting that up oh, all man. the time. So, Rand Road, shout out. Yeah, let's, <laughs> let's give it up for very local Northwest Chicago, Northwest Chicago yeah. suburbs talk. Yeah, Woo. right. That's going to come back later when we talk about And And if there's anything else that Brian and I uh, definitely have in common, it's our shared love of uh, – of, team sports that we played what's up guys your boy danny stairs again um calling about high school sports so i did some soccer like rec league type stuff uh, when i was you know like i don't know how old 10 years old i might have started or whatever i played a couple things here and there did some indoor some outdoor um played soccer in junior high uh seventh grade then i switched schools eighth grade i, did, I took that year off and then we got up to um, going into high school. And so my parents were like, you should, you, you got to be involved in something. So here's the information about soccer. Mm-hmm. So I go to the first day of soccer conditioning. Mm-hmm. I was like, no, no, absolutely not. I ran, <laughs> like we took our first break from running. Everybody's like having their water or whatever. I'm like, I got to go to the bathroom. I, I slept and never came back. <laughs> I was like, no, absolutely not. <laughs> That's a good move. So I was like, here I am. Like, I could spend, you know, the last couple of weeks of summer getting up every day, busting my ass, or I could just stay home and tell my parents I'll do something else. Um, so, I, needless to say, I did not get back into any sports. Uh, that is how I got into the theater, though. So they, just, they kept insisting I do something. So I got into our theater company. You know, I'm an honor bar member of the International Thespian Society. You know how I love to toot my own horn. I hate to toot my own horn. Uh, but it was a really good time. Met a lot of really weird people, some of whom um, I'm still friends with to this day. Um, don't remember any of those soccer players, though. Um, <laughs> sports people are weird to me. Uh, congratulations, I guess, to those people who are into that, too, as well. So, Magpop for life. Love you guys. That is... That is- not too different than my story about like doing like three football practices. And it was like, this is the worst decision I possibly could have ever made. That was, I mean, of all the things you did as a kid. Well, it was my freshman, is, it was my freshman year of high school is, and I was trying to prove something. Right. But and that, that is the most confound, like looking back on yeah. you, that is the one thing in your life that I, more than anything else, I'm like, what the hell are you thinking? That was, you're, that you're was that, trying some things on. I was well. I, I did it to try and like like show these other guys like you don't you I can do this. Put me in a you. box. Yeah, don't put me in a box. What's in the box? Probably <laughs> just because I knew the football coaches because they were our gym teachers at the time. Uh, and I was uh, like, why would you want to spend any time with those? Guys? Uh, uh, what was his? Uh, what was his name? Nudera, Mister Mister Nudera. No, that wasn't. Uh, I okay, maybe I'm remembering what you get him on the pod. <laughs> definitely, definitely not. Let's clear uh, this up. Nope. Um, uh, Brian and I both did play baseball in Kansas. Both uh, uh, ke- uh, catchers, um, uh, Kansas, Kansas Summers. Five like hundred catchers mil- uniform. It's the, the it was time. the worst. I mean, I don't know. That could have been the worst decision I ever made in relation to sports. Uh, it was unbearably hot and miserable, but 
Catchers um, though, they don't they don't get the, just anybody be a catcher. That's yes, uh, they, that's yes, something. They, that's, yes, they do. <laughs> I lo- I loved doing that. I tried. I wanted to be a pitcher, and then the coach one time relented and let me pitch, and I got shelled for like eight runs and like a half, not even like a full inning. It was oh, it was um, it was, uh, was You should have said you had to go to the bathroom and then never come back. <laughs> that's. <Can> I- <laughs> I want to, I want I'm going to, can I do that for like a future job? Just be like, that's like oh. my go-to move for a social situation. I don't want to be in. <laughs> it's the Irish goodbye. The Irish goodbye. Just like, Oh, I have to go see over here. And then like, that's like Hey, do, uh, where, where are the drinks? Where are the beers? They're in the, in the garage. Scream! <laughs> so, you, uh, you didn't embrace the Minnesota goodbye when you lived up here? Uh, not so much. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Is he like? Does he have his turn signal on? It sounds like it. I love the the phantom cacklers calling on the road. He's in traffic. He's changing lanes. He's like, time to throw my boys. I love to think that he's he's in traffic and somebody looks over and he's like. (laughs) He did a little uh, yeah. That was a new one. That is Um, that was new. Um. Thank uh, you for our, that. Our boy, the Phantom Cackler. <laughs> That's right. Um, <laughs> Never leave us. Uh, okay. Um, you guys, should we... Uh, do you want to play well, a game? Or do I, you have I, any thoughts? I wanted to shout out uh, some of our comments on social oh, posts. that is fair. That is a good call. I forgot about that. I forget about um, people that care about us. <laughs> we, uh, we are very active over on uh, Magnified Pod, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Go check it out. Get in there. Um, mainly we're asking folks to weigh in with their top threes. We'll throw out some questions of the week soon. Um, but we did get a comment from uh, Ryan Cole who gave some thoughtful thoughts on the Facebook page about his... Um, thoughtful thoughts. <laughs> is that what I said? That sucks. Um, <laughs> Um, <laughs> you uh, you work in you work in editing and publishing, so right? I don't work in talking. Um, you know what, guys? I gotta go to the bathroom. <laughs> do, 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 do. Slam! Yeah, yeah you, you. We don't work. We don't work in talking. Says the guy who's done a podcast for almost two years. Yeah. Well, you know, is this work? I don't know. Debatable. Um, he gave some some nuanced and complicated thoughts on his top three songs from newest album ever and he he mentioned that um the song every new day which andrew i will say like we are apparently the odd men out for not having every new day in our top three which like maybe would have been an obvious observation but like well, literally everybody not, who waited had it in there so i know and it, it and it's it's obvious to me why people like it um and i think i'll get into a little bit more on this episode why it's not in mine yeah uh and for the record i love that song but just tough to tough to crack the top three on that record anyway he was sharing something that i meant to mention uh on the pod and forgot but that um in the song every new day reese references uh the poem the tiger by william blake uh which has the lines from the poem when the stars threw down their spears watered heaven with their tears um and uh, I mainly know that poem through uh, Calvin and Hobbes because there's, sure. <laughs> there's a strip where Calvin recites the poem and Hobbes is like, what a weirdo or whatever. Um, but yeah, the, the poem is definitely kind of about the duality of human experience, um, 
which certainly makes sense in the context of that strong and uh, that song and the struggles that the song addresses. So anyway, thanks for that comment, sir. Um, I also want to shout out our boy, David Robledo, who Mm -hmm. uh, likes to, he sends, he sends his thoughts directly to um, the Magpod. uh, He slides into those DMS slides into those DMS just to give us his thoughts. And so, um, and he's somebody else too that gives well-crafted, well-thought uh, responses to um, to the albums. And so he says, all that is good. Uh, always love the musical composition of the song. Bass lines are amazing. Along with all the melodies and the horns, Scott really left on a high note. The lyrics are amazing, thought-provoking, and captures five, uh, five Iron at their most prime, even through this rough patch they were going through while making the CP. This is why they're one of my favorite all-time bands. One Girl, Girl Army musically kicks ass. It's the start of Micah throwing in his metal root style in the playing. Also love the horns in the song. It really makes it shine. Riot Gear is a classic, arguably the best song musically they ever made together. It really puts them to the test, mm. especially Andy's drumming. Honorable mention is Dandy Lions. I've always loved the earnestness in the song. Still holds up for me even today. Evil Plan is such a banger of an opening track. The first three releases have their best opening tracks by far, quite possibly the most technical ska song under their belt. Andy uh, really went all out with the horn arrangements and the horn arrangements are phenomenal. The first three releases, uh, you know, he talks about their, their, those are the best uh, opening tracks and Brad is dead is amazing musically and was hard not to have um, in my top three. Keith really kicks ass once again throughout the whole EP with his bass playing. Looking back now, I really did take a lot from him in my own personal playing as a bass player. Um, so, <clears throat> and, and, takes. And, yeah, he and he talks about the the uh, he's the only one to mention the pants the pants songs. Oh and man, that, the the metal song is his number one as well. All right, well, what do I know? Yeah, what do you know? Fucking Brian, what are your what are your top three pants songs? <laughs> <laughs> I was that was not a task I was tasked with for tonight. <laughs> okay, okay, fine. Okay. Can, you, can you settle though that the reggae one is good? I do like the reggae. Yeah, one. that's right. That's the correct. I, yeah, I was not. I was not fully on board with Andrew's just kind of total disdain for it. I no, there was no disdain. I it just said it. Just com- it's <laughs> utter okay. crapping on. No, on you guys me. are assholes. <laughs> I mean, I think. I think the as as I look back on it, I do think. Um, if I were to replace, uh. I mean, I might swap out the meatloaf one. Uh, swap swap out the uh, the the rap for the meatloaf one, because I'll, I still like I'll never forget when I saw you standing there wearing pants. It's, it's just beautiful. A, it's it's a it's comedic perfection. It's, it's glorious. It's, it's it's a glorious thing. <laughs> Agreed. Well, so, yes. Everybody share. Yes, share us your thoughtful thoughts um, at all the places. <laughs> Hashtag thoughtful thoughts and uh, ideas. Sounds like a new segment right there. <laughs> John, thoughtful John, thoughts. John John Potter's thoughtful thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, shall we play a game? Let's do it. All right. So as I as I mentioned at the top of the show, 1999. It's the year of new metal. We had some quintessential metal new metal albums coming out in 1999. It's true. Um, I think when people think of late 90s early 2000s they often think of it in negative terms because of this era of 
new metal, rap metal, alt metal. Uh, so I want to take this time to test your new metal knowledge <laughs> and ask you to finish this new metal lyric. All right, all right. Is this a multiple choice question? This or? is multiple choice. Okay. I will give you a line, and then I will give you three new metal, uh, I will give you three lyric options. So you choose <laughs> uh, which one of the three options is the real lyric. And keep in mind, one of these is a real lyric. Um, so, self-titled debut from Slipknot. Their song, their song, Eyeless. This is the lyric. Insane. Am I the only motherfucker with a brain? <laughs> I'm hearing voices. And here are your options. But they don't even know my name. But all they do is complain. Or, and they help me with the pain. Hmm. Hmm. I'm going to see. Is this a question for each of us right now? No, you, just, both of you. You both, can both. I didn't know so which was. How I'm hearing this. voices, but they don't even know my <laughs> name. But all they do is complain, or and they help me with the pain. Which is the correct answer? I'm going They're all name. plausible. They don't even know my name. Okay, I'm going to see pain. Um, you're both wrong. <laughs> oh boy. But all they do is complain. Mm. Is is the actual answer? So I write I write better. It's the weakest of the three answers. Right there. <laughs> my uh, my main uh, Slipknot knowledge window is through the um, mashup of Justin Bieber's the Psychosocial. <laughs> yeah, Psychosocial. Slipknot Psychosocial and Justin Bieber's Baby. Baby. Oh, I waste my time. <laughs> it's very it's, yeah. it's amazing. Check it out. Um, the aforementioned Limp Biscuit mm. from 1999's Significant Other, their song, Show Me What You Got. I thank God, Mom and Dad, Adriana, for the love I feel inside. Jordan, my fat-ass band. Without them, I'd be nothing but a pumpkin shoved inside a can. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I hope it's that one. A muffin baked without a pan. Okay. A rapping punk without a band. Mm. Okay, so Jordan, See. my fat ass band, without him, I'd be nothing but a pumpkin shoved inside a can, a muffin baked without a pan, a rapping punk without a band. I, I'm going to say C as well, but I really hope it's the muffin one. <laughs> yeah, I think it's C. Oh man, is it fat ass or is it a it's muffin? A pump, it's a pumpkin shoved inside a can. Again, the, the weakest of the lyrics. What, what I, does that mean? Like canned I, I pumpkin mix? I don't know. But I, I, I threw in a rapping punk without a band to throw you off because he ra he would have rhymed band with band. Which, <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't have been a problem for those guys. Because, because, uh, because he has historically rhymed the same words. So, oh man, that's amazing. So two for so over oh two, you guys. Okay, um, but this is, here we go. This is a more well known, a more well known song. So uh, Crazy Town 
the song, come, come, my lady. The song Butterfly from 1999's Gift of Game. Such a sexy, sexy, pretty little thing. Fierce nipple pierce, you got me. Feeling like I'm lusting? No. Sprung with your tongue ring? Yeah. <laughs> Recognizing that I'm writing objectifying lyrics. <laughs> I wish it was C. It's B. <laughs> I think it's B. <laughs> yes. Um, Hooray. Yes. Fierce nipple pierced, you got me sprung with your tongue ring. Is the, oh, boy. That's, the correct. That, that is 1999 for you. <laughs> yep. All right. Uh, canceled from that era. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay, we got Mushroom Heads, uh, Solitaire Unraveling from sure. 1989's M3. Why not? Um, there's a calm before the storm, and the western front is quiet. I've got Rembrandt as my right hand, and Satan <laughs> as my pilot, <laughs> Dolly as my pilot, as in Salvador Dolly, mm. or Solo as my pilot. Mm. This was the Chewbacca-themed band, right? <laughs> yes, we all know that Mushroom had um, <laughs> deep, deep uh, Star Wars cuts. Um, I've got I Rembrandt as my right hand and Satan as my pilot. Pilot Dolly as my pilot, or Solo as my pilot. Ninety-nine, the year the first prequel was released. Mm, interesting, interesting. Yeah, you're correct about that. I don't think um, it's Solo. He wasn't in that movie. He was not um, in there. You know, I think I assumed uh, that Rembrandt was not uh, <laughs> an allusion to a Renaissance painter. Um, like it was like a dude in the band. So I'm going to assume that you're making him more highbrow by suggesting a connection to another famous artist. So I'm going to rule out that one. Uh, I'm going A. Was a Satan as my pilot. <laughs> sure. Uh, I'll, I'll bite on, on B, on Dolly. Okay, so you're both wrong. It's solo. It's solo as my pilot. But wow, why is he talking about Rembrandt and Han Solo? What's going on? You guys don't ask these questions because none of them make sense. That actually makes me want to. I have more respect for him. He's referencing Rembrandt and Solo. That's a guy I can get behind. Well, it does. But see, like he's got Rembrandt. He's, I, I've got Rembrandt as my right hand and Solo as my pilot. He doesn't even continue the metaphor. Like, he's like, <laughs> I, so whatever. Okay, this one this one should be a gimme, but I just wanna, because I, I figured this would be a little bit, uh, this might be a little bit of a challenge. So, all right, P.O.D., The Fundamental Elements of Southtown from their, that yeah. 1999 album, uh, Rock the Party, parentheses, off the hook. Great song. Um, we gots to play what we feel, so then I can say I came real. Don't want to be caught messing around because a party ain't a party when it ain't in town. Nope. If it ain't South Town. Nope. Or when it gets shut down. Yep. Mm. Uh, I'll, I'll co-sign Brian's choice here. <laughs> yep. Party in a party when it gets shut down, shut down, shut Just shut like down. the party they had in uh, the aforementioned John Ecker's backyard. <laughs> I uh, was there. That one didn't get shut down, though. It they The police did get called, though. <laughs> okay, well, then it's a party. <laughs> All right. The um, uh, last one, Static X from uh, the song Love Dump. <laughs> <laughs> 
from 1999's Wisconsin Death Trip. I know you both love Static X. Um, So, okay. This is is one to end on. Um, I've always loved you, love dumpling. Your shit's like chocolate cake. (laughs) Jeez. (laughs) And, A, your ass smells like a rose. (laughs) It's my favorite dessert. Oh, gross. I need the recipe. (laughs) (laughs) This is, Uh, oh, wonderful. So, your shit's like chocolate cake and your ass smells like a rose. It's my favorite dessert and I need the recipe. I love C, so I'm gonna support C. I was thinking the same thing, C as well. Okay, so what what is your answer? Your answer both is C. Okay. C. Uh, you're both wrong. Oh. Your ass smells like a rose is the correct Ugh. answer. Grossest From- lyric pull yet. <laughs> you're welcome. Ugh. So, Static X, catch him on tour. Nope. Wayne Static is dead. Oh, okay. Well, that's kind of sad, but still, still gross. <laughs> still very gross. Um, but anyway, so I hope you hope you enjoy, enjoy <laughs> that was, that game. Uh, Yeah, solid game. Nice work. Yeah. You've honored 1999. <laughs> if, if we've captured 1999, <laughs> my work game, here is done. My work here is done. Um, John, do we? Do you want? Should we move on to? Do you want to move on to the five? I think we have to. Well, after after that segment. There's only one thing to do. Do the five. Drop it! Hello, my future girlfriend. This is what I sound like. I am 11 no, years no, old. No, in no, the sixth no. Grade oh, no, 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 no. In New Mexico. No, 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 no. no, no, no Please no, 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 me if no, 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 Bye. Thanks for stopping by. Why are you the way that you are? Because my life is dope, and I do dope. I don't know what I'm doing this time with that intro, but it's gonna be great. <laughs> it's got a top. It's got a top troll too. They're eating her. <laughs> <laughs> then they're gonna eat me. Oh, oh my god. god. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, what a garbage movie. Do you know the thing that bothers me the most about Troll Two? Is Get that is that they're not trolls; they're goblins. Right. Yeah. And they live in Nilbog, which mm. is just goblin back. It's just like, everything is lazy. Yeah. Like, why would you call something troll? And just, and like, it does, that's, I mean, of, of the one thing about that movie to complain about, it's, it's, <laughs> there's plenty. And yeah. it's not, and uh, it's the acting first. Anywho. Have you actually seen that whole movie? Yeah, it's, it's, it's bad. <laughs> Uh, there's a scene where, um, they're like in a trailer and like, uh, like this guy and girl start like making out and like popcorn starts popping for no reason. Isn't that that movie? Is there a troll one? Is there like a movie just called troll? Yeah, I think it's, I think, doesn't that have Julia Louis-Dreyfus in it? No. No, that's Leprechaun, I'm pretty sure. Or no, that's, um... Jennifer Aniston is in Leprechaun. <laughs> I thought I thought Julia Louis Dreyfus was in one of them. She might be. I remember. I mean, there's a whole documentary about Troll too. It's like called the worst movie ever made or whatever. But I remember that there was something about the director like didn't speak English, and there was just a fundamental misunderstanding between like trolls and goblins, and um, 
Troll 2 not having the same characters as Troll. Anyway, it sounds confusing. Well, they Five. All, they, all, <laughs> they, all got, they all got eaten because the, the goblins turned people into plant matter or something. Right. Naturally. <laughs> Whatever. Um, okay, so I'm going to start first because uh, I think you went first last week. Um, sounds good. And I'm going to start with albums. Uh, I think we always, almost always start with yeah. albums of 1999 that were, so I, I'm going to split this into kind of two little bits because the albums that I listened to in 99 that came out and then the albums that I later discovered sure. in uh, at much later after the fact that I come have come to appreciate since then. Um, out in 99, Nothing Gold Can Stay by Newfound Glory. Um, fundamental Elements of Southtown. So that POD record, despite it like maybe not totally holding up in every way we might think of, like I, I still fucked with that record big time when it came out. And I still think some of the songs are kind of jams. And is this the I, one with like Youth of a Nation and Alive? No, and no, that was Satellite. Oh, okay. That was Satellite. Okay. No, uh, fun, El, Fundamental Element. Yeah, Satellite came out in 2001 on 9-11. Okay. And this was... Um, take that their single boom uh, or uh, off the radio because yeah. it's 9-11. Yeah. Is that the, here comes the boom. ready yeah. or not? Yeah. 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 How, you li- <laughs> How you like me now? Okay, uh, I guess I forgot that was them. Yeah. And uh, I Feel So Alive was also off Satellite. Okay. Um, Joy Electric Christian Songs, MXPX at the show, of course. Uh, the first Hangnail record. Uh, those guys, I don't really feel like those guys get a lot of love. Yeah. Uh, I think that they, they had outstanding guitar work in that band. And I, and I, 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 wish, I wish more people gave, gave Hangnail some love. I saw them at... Um, Heart and Soul. Back in the right on. Back to the uh, Northwest Chicago suburbs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Brian can probably tell you plenty. Did you, did POD play at Heart and Soul? I was, yeah. They sure did. No, so I was thinking when you were talking about, you know, I didn't really make a list for the five, but if I had a list, um, one of the things that would be on it was I saw in 99 on that POD tour, it was POD Blindside Project 86. At, in, heart, in at, heart and soul cafe which is like for people who don't it is who aren't familiar with it's a, a coffee shop yeah it's like you know maybe a hundred people could fit in there yeah uh, it was insane one of the best shows i've ever seen in my life i've never I, I i was not at that show i don't know why i wouldn't have been at that show but uh i i hear i mean it's it's it seems like a show of, of a legendary show but we john and i have talked about quite a bit and and I think you can probably attest to this that squad 50 seemed to come through heart and soul on the reg on the reg um you know I I think I saw them there a couple times the band I saw at heart and soul more than any other band was the insiders yeah they were there cuz they were from Michigan they were from Michigan uh, they were there it seems to me looking back on it like every two months <laughs> and um yeah so we saw them a lot and you know, a lot of their stuff does not does age not well. So um, I would, uh, I would I'm bet say, that. I'm not putting Scalaluya on a lot. So. We were just talking about Scalaluya last Scal- week. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, um, let me, I'm willing, uh, let, to, uh, I'm willing right. to bet that my wife was also at that POD show for what it's worth. <laughs> that wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> uh, let me, now we throw out the albums that in uh, going back did become pretty significant albums. Anti-Flag's New Kind of Army, um, Magnetic Field's 69 Love Songs, which is a masterpiece. On my list too. Um, um, Sigurosa's uh, Algaitis Biryun. I, good I, good I, call. I had, I, had to, I had to look up the pronunciation. It's, uh, <laughs> and it's perhaps one of the greatest experimental records ever made. It is mm-hmm. pure brilliance. Uh, that, that record still almost brings me to tears every time I listen to it. So good album. That is, uh, that's my <clears throat> first one for the music. Oh, that was just the first one. Wow. Um, well, we took, some de- we took some detours. So go ahead for your, uh, what's your first? Uh, yeah, I'll do albums too. Um, I mean, yes. Also magnetic field, 16 and love songs, as you heard on the first episode of the season, when uh, we played <laughs> magnetic fields by mistake, yes. uh, of, uh, <laughs> magnified pod right next to each other in the old uh, iTunes. Yeah. I would put cigarettes in there. I forgot to put them on here, but that uh, was certainly a big record for me. I guess, yeah, it was more like college that I got into them, I suppose. But um, yeah, Dillinger 4, This Shit is Genius. It was like a compilation album. I was into that. Moby's Play record was really big for me, um, which I think I've talked about on the pod before that I uh, interviewed Moby and hung out on, in his house and on his yeah. roof. Yeah, yeah. Good, good times with Moby, my dude. Um, Tom Waits' Mule Variations. Where do you stand I have, on Mule Variations? No, so I, I actually have that on my list as the album that an album that uh, later became important that I forgot to mention. That and the uh, American Football debut. I don't know okay. why I forgot to mention those two. Okay, I got I that love Tom, Mule Variations. Okay, I got that Tom Waits album for Christmas that year, <laughs> and I loved it. But it was kind of a controversial one at the time among uh, Waits fans. That it was like really? a little more pop leaning, but I think oh, it's man, great. It's, it's so good. It is it's, great. It also um, uh, features the the Tom Waits um, classic. Uh, what's he building? What's he in there? building in there? <laughs> what's, he, um, what's he building in there? So easily parodied <laughs> i i did i mention this on the pod before that i heard that song on the current of course <laughs> like that that that, that to me, if that doesn't um crystallize in your mind the kind of radio station that the current is that they would play <laughs> that they would play not some sort of uh any other song from the right, variations yeah. that one but, What's he building in there? Yeah, 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 yeah. I swear to God, I heard someone moaning <laughs> low. <laughs> what a weird song. Um, okay. It's not, even a, it's not even a song. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a, a sound a, poem. It's a spoken word. Yes. Yeah. Uh, okay, it's like, Beck. And, it's like Ninth and Hennepin from yeah, Rain Dogs. Only weirder, even. Um, uh, Midnight Vultures, Beck's uh, sort of Prince homage album. Loved that yeah. one. Uh, Built to Spills, Keep It Like a Secret. Oh, man, that record was huge for me. And then uh, keeping with sort of the uh, rap metal theme, uh, Rage Against Machines, Battle of Los Angeles. That's true. That, that was a big yeah. one. Yeah. So that's the, those are my albums. Um, let's, let's, talk some, let's talk some movies because this did come up. But um, also out that year, that big movies for me. Uh, the Matrix. Also on my list. Fight Club. Also on my list. Office Space. Good one. Whoa. No, it is a good one. It's just not on my list. Okay. Um, <laughs> Phantom Menace, of course, which is... Mm-hmm. Uh, well, it's, it's, a, it's a cultural touch point 
it's, 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 it's something. It's, it's, it's significant. It's yes. the, the first new Star Wars movie since 1983. So Misa, that, like, Misa hated it at the time. <laughs> um, it's garbage. Uh, it, it sucks. Um, I mean, I feel like I owe it a revisit, but I don't know that it's going to have improved much. No, no, it'll definitely get worse. Just listen to the binge <laughs> mode episode on it. Yeah. Oh, I um, did. I did. <laughs> um, and Brian, I, I threw this on there because, uh, because I knew you would appreciate it because we watched it a million times. Samuel Jackson's classic, Deep Blue Sea. Oh man, <laughs> I love Deep Blue Sea. This is the one where he gets love Deep Blue Sea. He gets yeah. eaten by the shark mid monologue, right? It's the greatest yeah. death scene. It's a, it's a great kill scene. It is awesome. Yeah, oh, man. but like Samuel L. Jackson as like a cook on the station who used to be a preacher. No, no, that's no, that's that's that, a, that's, no, that's L. O. Cool J. Yeah, L. O. Cool J. Yeah, he's like. Yeah, he starts quoting Psalm 23. Yeah, he carries a big ass stick. <laughs> a big fucking stick. Big fucking stick, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah uh, Samuel L. Jackson gets eaten uh, eaten by shark. Spoiler alert. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's it's been it's been over 20 it's been over 20 years and it's it's been parodied quite a bit. So, yeah. um, I I think they even parodied it on uh was it Family Guy? I think or I'm sure. That sounds right. Or or um one of those shows, but yeah, uh, yeah. Office Space is one of those perennially. Uh, it it became sort of like the new Tommy Boy that it was just so yeah. easy to quote. For sure, everything from that from that movie. Um. Yes, I made a movies list too. Matrix and Fight Club, naturally. Uh, being John Malkovich, I loved that movie. Um, Never six, seen it. Oh, I would. You should watch it. You would like it. I think. Um, Six Sense. Can't leave out six cents. Never seen it. Uh, oh, what? That's, okay. That's a, it's it's <laughs> one of those movies that uh, it it got ruined. It's got spoiled for me like sure. Im- immediately, and so I was like, I have no motivation to see it. Oh, that one got I, ruined by a college professor of mine in <laughs> like a week after it came it out. It got ruined for me by Andy Richter from the from uh, Late Night with Conan O'Brien. I don't Ooh. know why they left that on the air. Um, it's like he's like, and Conan was indignant. He's like, I haven't even seen it yet. Why would they do that? Uh, that's something. What? Uh, who is the professor, right? Scott McKnight. <laughs> oh that's, man, Scott, my advisor. How could you do him like this? <laughs> it so, was a, like it was like the intro to the Bible class or whatever that you had to take. Um, yeah. and there was like a hundred students in that class, and he did everybody like groan. He was dead. Like you know, yeah. yeah. Well. It's a great movie, even if you know what yeah, this twist is. I'm just going to say, I uh, I got it on DVD if you want to borrow it. <laughs> um, <laughs> the, 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 the classic John Potter line. Got all, this was if, like, you, if you enter John Potter's house, it is just, <laughs> just floor to ceiling DVDs. Well, I got to say this time of like, late 90s early 2000s was like peak dvd buying period so that stretch of like i don't know whatever 99 to 2006 was like i bought all the movies from that time um anyway sixth sense i saw like opening weekend and i knew nothing about really much of the movie or certainly not the twist so i i went in fresh and that uh it's a good experience and then uh eyes wide shut i was a big a uh stanley kubrick fan growing up and still am and that movie is weird um but i i appreciate it in high school even though it's weird and i've uh, come to appreciate it more since then 
Um, can we talk TV? I only really have um, one TV show that I, I feel like it's a TV show that I didn't watch at the time. Is it one that goes, uh, get over here, over here? Because <laughs> there's one that has that's, that kind of thing. That's The Sopranos. I've never watched The Correct. Sopranos. Oh, man, I got a DVD if you want to borrow it. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it's, uh, it's Freaks and Geeks. Oh, also great, yeah. Uh, it's, so I didn't watch it when it came out. It's, it's a show that unfortunately didn't last even a full season. And I, it's kind of a bummer because I think at that time – when it came out, I would have been 14, 15, and mm-hmm. I 100% would have identified with the geeks, and I think maybe it would have helped me feel like seen a little bit more totally. uh, at, that, at, that, at that time. But also, uh, I, I saw it for the first time uh, after it came out on, the collection came out on DVD. I saw it in 2008, and it just sort of reinforced my forever Hollywood crush on Linda Cardellini and how she's, <laughs> she's the perfect woman. That, yeah, that shows incredible. Are you just going to, um, you're just going to like walk right past my, my love for Linda. I'm uh, with you. Because she, did you ever watch boy meets world? I mean, yes, but I don't remember Linda Cardellini being on it. He was, she was, um, she was Corey's love interest that, that uh, when they did that school trip to that, that ski trip and she, oh, worked, right, in, okay. she worked in the lodge Okay. She was she was Lauren, and she like almost ended the relationship, uh, according to Banger relationship. Well, I think of yeah. her. I think of her now because she was Hawkeye's wife in the Marvel. Movie. Yeah, I mainly think of the Avengers now. <laughs> well, um, uh, which is not a full use of her talents. No, no but she not. was also on ER, and she's also in the amazing Dead to Me. On, mm, I haven't uh, seen that yet, but I've heard it's good. Please, it's so great. It's so you have it great. on DVD. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, no not they have not released the netflix series on tv oh, weird that's strange <laughs> um yeah i i put tv shows too just because probably my two favorite tv shows of all time west wing uh yes west wing and sopranos both started that year so west wing was the one that came that came later for me uh-huh. once once uh when netflix was new and they yeah. were they were still doing the dvds um <laughs> I've got the DVD box set. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to have to spend like, like hundreds of dollars shipping me heavy ass boxed boxes of DVDs. I I will do it. (laughs) They took it off Netflix or they're taking it off soon or something. So disaster. Yeah. Yeah, That was, that is, um, I mean, it's what, what, it's what made me, um, fall in love with, um, um, the idea (laughs) <laughs> yes. Yep. I, I I just carried over my love of Linda Carter. <laughs> I don't think she was on that. No, she was not. I just I just want her to be in everything. <laughs> what were you gonna say, sir? <laughs> no, Alice and Janney is also great. But Alice yes. and Janney and Alice and Janney is the is the Linda Cardellini of the West Wing. <laughs> <laughs> I've always said that. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so also, Brian, this relates to you, and I'm gonna need you to co-sign uh, this memory if I because I was we'll trying to say about that. Um, was this was 1999 the first Ecuador trip that we took with Northwest Covenant that you took that I took? Yes. Did and you went on that one as well? I believe uh, you and I were both on that trip together. Yes. yes. So that was my first yeah. mis- problematic missionary trip days. Yeah. The, <laughs> uh, so our. <BMTs. laughs> 
Atlantic Michigan chips. <laughs> we went to uh, Quito, Ecuador, with our our then uh, Covenant Home Covenant Church, and uh, it was it was a it was a pretty you know it was a pretty profound a profound trip. We went and worked at a um, I mean, it's hard to even know what to call this. It's essentially a, a, a compound or it would be the equivalent of like an old folks home, but they like kind of people would just sort of like, I got the sense that they would leave elderly ailing relatives there. Yeah. And he was like a mostly abandoned elderly people. Yeah. And, and so we like went to guy, like, was this the one where we helped like, build a wall like around the compound to kind of help with hashtag build a wall <laughs> yeah it was a it's a big beautiful wall I don't like know. The, I don't and the ecuadorians paid for it i remember if it was that trip if it was that following trip. it was a following yeah i went on two missions trips um to uh, to ecuador i think you went on three or four i might have been four yeah because yeah. i think you went you i went twice in high school and once as a volunteer and once as the youth pastor. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, it was, it was also just kind of interesting to um, visit places with this, my first time kind of like seeing kind of crushing poverty and, mm. uh, and just being kind of like overwhelmed by, wow, people live in and depend on, garbage and uh yeah. and people are just like l- legitimately dropped off and forgotten and and i don't remember if it was that first trip or the second trip where the there was i remember there's an older woman who was like grabbing your face and just sort of like touching your face and like holding your hands and and speaking spanish to you and i don't think uh i mean i don't Remember, yeah, I took like four years of Spanish in high school and it still sucked. <laughs> like, just, yeah. yeah, but it was like, it was, it was like watching somebody just be like dying to have like some sort of like physical connection with, yeah. with people. So um, it's hard. Those are like, I have very fond memories of those trips. Yeah. But they mean very different things to me now than they did at the time. Mm-hmm. Right. Because I can see like, you know, the things you think you do are doing when you go over there is like, right. it's, it's worthless and it's, you know, in yeah. some ways harmful. Yeah. Um, but we weren't, I mean, like the kind of stuff that we did when we, we weren't doing the, like, we weren't like going to, we weren't like preaching or going to convert. I think we were yeah. mostly going there. We did like, um, physical, we did some work. physical labor, but a lot of it was also, we're going to go see a lot of different stuff that's already going on in the country. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah. we would go and see stuff that existed down there um, which was uh, maybe why I feel less guilty and problematic about it now than I would if it was like, hey, we're going to go do our own church thing down in this country as right. opposed to like, let's go see what this church that exists already yeah. down here is yeah, doing. We, we, like, we are, yeah, we went to like, you know, it was the middle of the summer on the equator in a uh, church with no air conditioning and like, tons of people and and they were all like singing and and we're so we and we we're all just sort of like going and visiting them and not being like let's let's go and try and teach them something you know it wasn't like right. that kind of 
so yeah, to your point that there are, I, I, I do feel like there was less problematic elements to what we were. Yeah. It was more like partnerships in different ways than it was like exporting our own ideas. Right. Thought, thoughtful thoughts and ideas. <laughs> um, I, uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> bringing it back to heart and soul, uh, the church, we met, the coffee shop church we mentioned, Jenny was very active in the youth group there and they went on some major hashtag problematic mission trips. Uh, so yeah, Shocking. yeah, certainly a variety of, uh, kinds of mission trips made available to teens on fire for the Lord in the late nineties. Um, it's anyway, it kind of boggles my mind that Jenny and I didn't know each other during high school. It's weird. Same, same, you probably same. hang out in the same spots. Oh, yeah, many times. I'm yeah, sure. same. I mean, like yeah. that's something. Like I, we've talked about this, and Jenny and I talked about this on a uh, the um, the uh, fixer upper app. Fixer upper app, probably. <laughs> yeah. Um, we need to hashtag get her back on the pod. Uh, she'll yeah, she'll come back. She's she's got some five round takes. Well, when we. Um, when we do the slick shoes, when we do the slick there shoes, there you go. Answer it. What's your What's your number five or four or whatever? Uh, yeah, I'm on four. We're almost done. Okay. I uh, I'll also go with a bummer for my number four, um, <laughs> which is just to say, and we'll get into this with the album, but that was the year of Columbine, and right. like, yeah, I mean, yeah, we'll talk about this, but it almost seems like quaint now, um, which is a horrible thing to say, but just like how much coverage and how heavily scrutinized the event was then and how it's just like i don't know an average weekday now um so yeah i mean i I think that like moment changed the culture in some ways and also is now just like a weird kind of footnote of like that would become the new normal uh not that long after but it was still unusual enough at the time that it was like the whole world was like, what, what are we going to do about this? Anyway? uh, Yeah. We, uh, we actually talked about it for longer than one news cycle. Right. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, we'll have more thoughts on that uh, later, but more, um, thoughts for your thoughts. (laughs) thoughts, Exactly. Um, and I just, I want to mention this. This is, uh, I don't know. We might, we might get into this later if we ever get people to contribute or send some of their, um, their, if they have a a shitty ska band. Um, but this was the era that I really started writing a lot of my own music Yes, and a lot of my own songs. And we have shared a number of them uh, on the pod before. (laughs) We sure have. Um, I don't know if, we uh we should if we should um should sh- <laughs> share some more should i share should i share one of these over here I, th- I think we always need to when did when did andrew's party drop or whatever it's called oh, a- andrew's party <laughs> um that that might have been around this time okay um let's see uh. <laughs> girl of my dreams flesh marks on my heart oh uh, classic <laughs> this one has a long intro doesn't it <laughs> Okay, hold on. 
it's uh it's a it's a legit song i'm into it it's a i'm lo- a flesh marks fan <laughs> it's a low-key banger it hurts oh, it hurts. Oh. Into it. <laughs> i really want to do the backing yelling vokes on that one yeah so uh there's there's that all right so uh, <laughs> Uh, uh my number five <laughs> we don't need to we don't need to hear any more my my shitty music okay go mm, ahead what's your number dis- five i disagree but um <laughs> my number five real briefly myspace and napster both launched in oh 1999. shit that's Very, right uh, importance <laughs> for... changed changed the landscape of music true. Yeah. forever yeah, remember when you had your your top six friends on MySpace? <laughs> that was uh, something. <laughs> was 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 MySpace really that early? Yeah, apparently. I mean, it, I feel like it really didn't get thriving until I don't know. What do you think? Like two thousand five, maybe two thousand five um, is like yeah. when I think of when I think of Tom and MySpace. Yeah, it probably didn't take off until around then. But yeah, launched in ninety nine. Damn, big when year. Did- when did Zango? When did Zango launch? Ooh, had to be right around then, because uh, I was blowing up when we were in college in yeah early two thousands. Yeah. What was your? What was your? Um, what was <laughs> my what name? Was your, what was your handle? Uh, I believe we talked about this, but it's perfect. It was conditioned response, <laughs> which I thought was just like the punkest name ever. Um, also, Zanga did launch in nineteen ninety nine. So shout out to, uh, to oh Zanga. shout out to Zanga. Brian, did did you have Zanga? I never had a Zanga, no. Okay, because I think I think mine was I think mine was Strongrad. That sounds right. That's a much better name than Conditioned Response. Was it Was it like a blogging thing? <laughs> yeah, I think it was. Yeah. A, yeah, no, I was. Did you have a Friendster? I definitely had Friendster. <laughs> Makeout <laughs> Club. Was that a thing? Makeout Club. That was. <laughs> I, refer- that I was referenced my, this on a previous. Yeah, episode, that was my but... that was my my dorm room freshman year. Oh. Hey. False. Hey. Um, <laughs> Whoa. Sorry. Maybe maybe it was true. You still I had know. a high school girlfriend at that point. I did have a high school girlfriend. Hashtag problematic. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, Makeout Club was like the sort of emo version, also launched in 1999. Um, also, or uh, the emo version of MySpace. It was like you had to be kind of like punk to have a. Oh. <laughs> it was really. That's really that's, that's unbearable. That's was that like the that's like the pre Tumblr. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, well, that was the five. <laughs> that was the five. All right, let's close it down. The five. All right. Kaboom. Kaboom. All right, should we, uh, we'll take a break. Then when we come back, we will be revolting. Yeah. <laughs> We're back. That's all that is good, which uh, can't be said for John's feelings about certain songs. Hey, 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 save it. Save it for the segment. I don't know what we're doing. <laughs> well, all right. We are uh, talking about proof that the, uh, proof that the youth are revolting, which yeah. is LOL, a joke. Um, it's got layers. It's layers. It's a pun. We are... Uh, they, which is explained in this obnoxious booklet that they release. Let's hear it. They say, revolting, verb, 
one, to renounce allegiance to the act of, uh, comma, the act of revolution. Two, to be extremely offensive or disgusting. It's kind of like five iron in a nutshell. Yep. And it says, we set out in the summer of 99 to make our first live record, which you hold in your hands. Armed with our heavy metal costumes and also jazzercise and our hick costumes, we set off on summer tour across the U.S. Our friends in the bands, the W's and the Smiley Kids, came too. Hmm. Um, hey, uh, remember the W's? Said no one. <laughs> I remember them. Um, yeah. Yeah, we, uh, this is the fourth consecutive November release uh, for them, November 99. That's, a, that's an impressive run. This is also uh, on Five Minute Walk, produced by Masaki Lu. Um, yeah, and as we were saying before, it was recorded at 11 shows throughout 98 and 99, including Cornerstone. Yeah. Um, and we have with us today the one, somebody who was there, one of the many... Backup many, singer. <laughs> one of the many people um, obnoxiously listed in this impossible to read booklet. <laughs> Isn't it? You wish you were listed in that booklet. I, I definitely do. wish I was. I do wish I was. I still cannot remember my first cornerstone, the year I first went to Cornerstone. I don't, rem- I don't remember. You, I know you went some summer when dad was one of the speakers. Yes. Yeah, you've talked about this. And so I, I would ask dad which summer he went first. Because, yeah, I don't know if he's going to remember either. Well, I don't know. You got to sleep in a hotel. I did were sleep. all yeah. bougie with your, your yeah. visit. Sell uh, out. Yes. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, it's a million <laughs> degrees in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. and. You know, I wish I slept in the in the hotel. Yeah, the so don't first... call me. So don't call me a sellout when you're when you're just. <laughs> That's the punk way. You wish you were a sellout, but you can't yeah, be one. I, I would sell. I would have sold out too if I could. Oh have. man, it was the best. Uh, the first summer I was there for this, the summer that this concert was recorded, the first night we were sleeping in our tent, and there was a giant thunderstorm, and our tent collapsed. <laughs> I ended up sleeping in the passenger seat of a Honda Accord all night, and it was awful. That's that's punk, though. That's, uh, that's all of punk. our stuff was wet. It was, yeah. you know that 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 does sound miserable. I um I slept comfortably, probably. <laughs> um, we should say for anybody who's confused about the references to the long booklet and the backup singer thing. They had this thing during those shows where people could sign up at a booth to be listed as a backup singer in this like 12 panel fold out of the liner notes that has literally thousands of people, right? Who signed up. Um, it's, yeah, it is. I, I mean, I don't know what, I don't know what type setting this is, but it's, uh, it's, it's extremely, it's extremely small. And then, um, did you, Brian, uh, tell us about signing up for that? How did it feel? <laughs> I don't, I mean, I, I don't remember much about the actual, I mean, I, I don't even remember if it was at there. I'm sure it was at the actual tent where they played in because they, this concert was not played at the main stage. Oh, it wasn't? No. I always, because I always I think pretended. Had, I think it had to do with the recording aspect of sure. it. And I don't think they could record because from what I tried to Google and find the, the, um, the listing of they played on what's I think it says in there like July second, and that was also the sixpence was at Corner Store. That oh, right. so my yeah. assumption is that they played main stage because I I have a recollection of being in a tent for the Five Iron show, um, so I'm sure they had some sort of sign up 
in it was a, I mean it was one of the bigger yeah. tents but I um, remember the, the one year that I did I did see five iron on the main stage yeah so. they did play main stage and they probably would have played main stage if they weren't recording live is my yeah is yeah. my assumption because that sounds like, right the supertones played main stage the day before that so mm. um yeah we it, should say too that um it sounds really good i mean production wise it's pretty impressive for a live I, record i'm i also i'll say this too that uh considering how many different shows they played how consistent yeah. it sounds yeah it doesn't sure. it doesn't sound like if if you didn't know you would assume that it was just a single setup right 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 and they just and they just because it does you it doesn't sound like um but i guess that that's what you get when you have a a, a good a yeah. good producer good engineers and it just sounds good. There are some tracks where the snare is a little, little tinnier than others, but yeah, I'd say for the most part, especially the horns sound great. The horns um, sound amazing. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, this was the first album with Sonny Johnston uh, post Scott Kerr. Uh, Sonny uh, previously of Jeffrey's fan club, which uh, I was into them. Um, and this one got to, 190 on the billboard 200 pretty good not um, too shabby not too shabby yeah i don't know this one is kind of a weird one for me and maybe this will be <laughs> reflected in some controversies around uh, my takes on some of these songs but like it wasn't a huge one for me as a kid i didn't i'm not, i wasn't a big live album fan in general and still don't really like jam on live records that often i think i talked about this with the the mxpx records but like for me i think what i'm looking for in a live album is kind of like what i'm looking for in a covers ep or a covers album where it's like i just want to hear something different unless you don't sure but like <laughs> i'm not you, maybe you i'm not are... consistent <laughs> no this is just what i remember about our all of our cover the mxpx cover albums yeah. that like we tried to nail down what it is we wanted in a cover and yeah. we were so wildly inconsistent i think what i mean i i hope it's true at least that like if you're just doing a straightforward cover that's pretty similar to the original i'm not really that into it for the most part i think that's true and if you're just doing like the song live more or less how it sounds on the record like that's great but like i don't know if i need an album to listen to that so i guess it's when they sort of branch out and do some interesting different stuff that i'm the most awake <laughs> for these songs not that they're like boring just like that's when i feel the most engaged i don't know what was this a big album for you guys i mean i uh i don't know if i would say it was a it was a big album i i seem to remember really loving feeling like the secret track was it's pretty great it was it was the best of all the secret tracks that they've done that they've done so far um you mean like the outtakes and stuff yeah yeah it's pretty great Outtakes are great and and um i i thought i think the good i think it's a good it's a good mixture of their songs and it's it's also with the exception of maybe um uh, swapping out of a you know, maybe four or five songs. It's not too different than the set that you might see today. Today, yeah, that's that's pretty fair. Um, and the songs that 
you do want to hear their staples, they like nail and they sound great. Um, yeah. So that part is not an issue for me. I don't know. Did, Brian, did you remember any of these songs in particular from when you saw them there? Or like, do you remember anything? In terms of like whether that was a song that was recorded at the show I was at? Yeah. That ended up on the album or anything memorable. That... Um, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's really hard. So I told Andrew this the other day that one of the things I remember about record uh, going to the show is that they recorded, they did, they played like, I don't know, for 45 minutes or an hour. And then they took a, a break and then they came back out and they said, Hey, we screwed up a couple of songs. We need to play them. Ah, interesting. So they played a couple of songs again in order to get a better, a better version of it. So it's really hard for me to know other than that first kind of the introduction in the first song to know which of those was actually at the concert I was sure. at um, because of the way they, they recorded that. So, I mean, there's some, I feel like there are some unique moments in some of the songs. Like, I, I mean, I don't imagine Reese mixes it up a ton with his like goofy mm-hmm. banter, but like, um, but like other than like you like the first song is really the only one that you could possibly nail down. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's the only one I could I know for sure. Right. Um, you know, because I think that you know, I, it, also it was, you know, twenty one years ago. Right. And so <laughs> my memory of very specific aspects of that concert is a little on the fuzzy yeah. side. There's a um, I forget which song it is. <laughs> I don't know if it's a, a handbook or a flowery song or something. He says, all right, this next song is it's so hot. I'm going to have a that, heat stroke. Actually, I was right. just about to say that's a song that I could very much see being playing at, at Cornerstone. Yeah, because Cornerstone right. was, because it's oppressively hot. It was always sunny and 105 degrees. Yeah. With, yeah. No, with no shade anywhere was, to be yeah, seen. It was just awful. Yeah. yeah, I think I, uh, I said this on the previous set, but in keeping with the theme of uh, my wife being at the same <laughs> events as you guys, <laughs> when I asked her, she went to Cornerstone many times and I asked her, like, if you could summarize your Cornerstone experience, what would it be? And she's just like hot and miserable and hot. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, hot. I ate a lot of dusty. I ate a lot of gyros, which was a okay. weird thing to eat oh, at a festival. Hot, <laughs> hot meat, but it's like 100 degrees. <laughs> Give me that kebab. <laughs> Give me that hot meat, baby. <laughs> yeah, I would just go... I. I mentioned this in in any number of eps about Cornerstone, but just like just going into the merch tent to just get out of <laughs> get out of the sun. Yeah, yeah. But all right, should we uh, should we, we should we do this? Do Let's that do intro. It. All right. Okay, Cornerstone, nineteen ninety nine. Please welcome Five Iron Frenzy. Yeah, this guy sucks. <laughs> <laughs> okay, please welcome. Yeah, who's a band, I guess? <laughs> Making us wait for it. Yeah. Big shots. <laughs> Sellouts. Cornerstone, are you ready? <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty impressed with him right there. Super impressed. This this There's intro. one thing I have to say before we play this song. And that is to hell with the devil. 
intro with Final Countdown and One Girl Army. <laughs> so much. It rules. Uh, my number two. It's your number two. Awesome. Yeah, I'm kind of lumping, you know, the Final Countdown with One Girl Army yeah, together definitely. as one super track. Absolutely, for sure. No, that, that um, that's 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 part of the package deal. The the Final Countdown intro rules. It's just so no, great. No, it's great. It's perfect. <laughs> Um, it's tough to lose the opening to one girl army cause it's so good. And you know, it makes for such a fun live opening too, but if you're going to lose it to something, that's, that's a pretty good one to replace it with. Yeah. Um, the hair metal scream. It's, I love a, a striper shout out. So. Yeah. I'm actually uh, looking into that because striper played cornerstone, uh-huh. but I think it was 2000. Okay. I was kind of, I had hoped it was the same year because that would have been just a, that would have been great. Funny. <laughs> yeah it's a good collab I, do you remember them do you remember them wearing what they were wearing were they wearing striper outfits uh, i yeah i was they had some sort of like insane kind of metal outfit at least reese did you know yeah reese had about 10 costume changes <laughs> during the concert so did great. You, okay so speaking of did you see this recent post um yes at, on on i hate five iron uh that made me want to punch. Everybody. I did see that. Yeah. Um, so somebody posted a a picture of an article that they they found about a Five Iron uh, concert or something from. I think it was from Sky Against Racism too. Right? Yeah, they they were they were wondering if it was from Sky Against Racism, and this guy posted this obnoxious uh there wasn't anything too special about this eight piece from denver they were good but they only played the kind of third wave ska that is so prevalent these days what stood out the most about them was the lead singer's ever-changing costume first he came out dressed like a girl and made fun of when but before i knew it he was wearing shorts and a t-shirt every time they look away he put on something new next he put on a big hat then another and yet another <laughs> Then a shirt that said corporate rock still sucks. And finally another hat. All the musicians were proficient, but not outstanding by any means. <laughs> for one song, the trombone player took over the vocals. And for another, that girl in the band took over. Boo. Some of the songs they played were Let's Go to Canada. Not the name of the song, by the no. way. Fistful of Sand and Banner Year, which evidently is about the slaughter of a bunch of Indians or some shit. Does that make me an asshole because I don't care? Oh, well. I mean, Fuck this guy. I think he won the Pulitzer for that, right? (laughs) Uh, I mean, for being racist and misogynistic and like, and like, uh, and elitist in like the shortest period of time in like, what, like what, what a douche. Is there a byline on that article? No. Uh, Probably for good reason. This guy Um, is, would definitely be canceled. He uh, get him on the pod. He uh, <laughs> and yeah, that, I, he, and that author Doug Tenniple. <laughs> yeah, he um, he's saying the like outfit changes like it's a bad thing, but I'm like that sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> um, by the way, I'm watching right now a video of One Girl Army from Cornerstone '99, and they are all wearing metal wigs. Um, nice. <laughs> they all have outfits of some kind. Leonor's got like a nice fringe denim jacket going. Oh, it's oh, a, yeah. it's worth looking at. <laughs> It's not the the best uh, quality, but it is. No, no. It gives you a good idea. That's true. 
Well, I mean, I, I imagine that this would have had to have been on somebody's, you know, giant RCA camcorder or, yeah. or something like, I don't know. What, what, what did they have in 99? Like, did they have like those like kind of smaller handheld cameras or I think like so. mini DV or something? What did they, what did they have back in 99? Um, send us in your DV camera <laughs> thoughts. I don't all know. My, all my pictures from Cornerstone 99 were taken on a disposable camera. Did so you bring any? Uh, no, I didn't bring the pictures. <laughs> right. They're really, they don't, they don't, there's, it's hard to see, you know, there's pictures from the things, but it's really hard to tell the quality's so crappy. Sure. All right, let's, uh, I need to get this transition. That's yes, right. What's up, Cornerstone? Thank you for rocking! <laughs> this is a rock and roll song. It's so fast. <laughs> I did a top three. Did a top yes. three? Ooh, okay. Can't wait. Can't oh, wait. Nice. Uh, we'll go. So, um, so, so far, um, you know, one girl army, uh, was on my, my top. That was your number one. For, uh, the quantity. Quality. Quantity. <laughs> yeah. That was your number one. It was my number two. This was, and this was your number one. For the, no. False. Oh no, this was, uh, yeah. Thinking of Dandelions. I'm thinking of Dandelions. Sorry. on your top three i feel like this was wasn't in there 
It wasn't on your top three for for upbeats. It was not. Interesting. I don't. Huh. I can tell you what was in our top threes. <laughs> if you would like me to. I just want to play this. Uh... Various animal noises. Uh, you guys familiar with the uh, wild pygmy elephants? I think so. They, uh, <laughs> they, they like, <laughs> pygmy alligators and stuff like that, right? <laughs> sure. They really slow it down for that bridge. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I feel like uh, it's it's pretty fast. The song. Yes. <laughs> Very fast. I wish I wish one time I would be at church and that we would sing the doxology <laughs> like this that, that oh, version man. of the doxology instead of the yeah the slow version usually yeah it's song. it's hard to it's hard to hear the doxology in 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 the years post five <laughs> when we were when I was playing want, the rest I of band some, I want somebody to pick it up every once in a while at the, exactly from the pulpit. When I was playing in that Res Cup band every week, Brian, you should have you should have told should've me. Request, I would have made it happen. Um, yeah, this is a, okay. Just briefly, flowery song not in either of our top threes for upbeats and beatdowns. Mine okay. was cool enough for you, Old West and Beautiful America. That's Yours is right. Milestone, Old West and cool enough for you. So okay. anyway, anyway um, just setting the record straight. That's right. I you know mostly accurate, mostly five iron. Um, <laughs> This this one's super fun. It, it's really fun hearing all the <laughs> from the crowd. Uh, yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. Speaking of silhouettes. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds 
really good live. I think that uh, it's of, of this of the live album cuts. I think it's probably one of the better. It's my number three. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. It was it was a contender for me. The sound the the horns just sound so crisp and so yeah. great. Yep. It's, yep. It's yep. Wonderful. And that and there are some there's the songs some of the songs that I choose I, I choose for that kind of that sure. reason. I just think they they stand out and I think this would probably be my number four. I just, okay. think it, I just think it sound it sounds really great. I think Reese Reese sounds really good. I love the moment in the beginning of the song when he fades, when Reese fades out, and the crowd is singing. Yeah, that's great. And it's it. Yeah. I mean, it just it's for me. I kind of I you guys have a much more kind of musical ear for the, what's going on with the instrumentation and stuff like that. For me, when judging a live album, it's what are the songs that I want to hear when I go to a Five Iron concert? Yeah, and yeah. like this is one of the songs that off at least judging based on up to the albums they've released at this point. If I didn't hear this song and the other two on my list, yeah. I would walk away disappointed. Sure. And I, the way this, they nail this song yeah. on the album. Agreed. That is very fair. And you're making a compelling case to, to bump my current number three <laughs> in favor of this one. Um, but I have definite, uh, uh, pit FOMO on this one <laughs> I'm hearing them mixing it up in the pit and I really want to get in there and yeah the crowd singing along in the beginning it's yeah it's great it's awesome. I mean John like it's it's one of my um those those moments at the the, the MXPX five iron shows when you know we we find each other in the pit for some of these songs and Ugh, just like so great it's a great it's a great experience those and it's and it's to Brian's point it's moments like that or moments like this, if that you you're will. gonna miss. <laughs> when, yeah, um, we will never not do a MXPX <laughs> reference no. if we if we have the opportunity. If but there's low hanging MXPX fruit, we're gonna we're gonna grab it. Yeah, those sugar coated poison apples will will <laughs> pull those right off the tree. Um, it's the it's those moments that that really make a memory in the show when the crowd really unites and sings along it's just like that's a that's that's a beautiful moment i'm, yeah, I'm into it great. also this song kind of captures something about that era of music i don't feel like you get that kind of sell that sellout thing is not as big a deal these days yeah and this something about this song really speaks to my i had just graduated from high school at the recording of this live album and so it kind of like captures a lot of my feelings about music mm-hmm. yeah. in that era. And so it just, I don't know, it just holds a very special spot for me. For sure. And John knows a lot about selling out and <laughs> having feelings about sellouts. That's true. Yeah. yeah. We talked in that, in that episode. Um, John wrote the book. It's <laughs> true. About yeah, uh, yeah, you, you wrote, you would have, you would have, uh, th- didn't you say this, this song was like, specifically for people like you yeah it was good it put me in my place a little include john potter (laughs) (laughs) it was just me on the cover with my arms crossed (laughs) standing at the back Uh, (laughs) looking like a grump um but yeah i I think i was just the kind of person who who needed to hear a song like this and be reminded of a couple things all right let's let's transition to uh i want to sing a song this is your number one right (laughs) i mean i do love metal it's true. Sonny, Sonny. Hey, Sonny, are you going to play? Hey, Sonny. Are you going to play this song? I'm going to sing. Okay, this song, I'm only going to sing this song if uh, our horn players agree to sing background vocals. Are you guys going to do it? 
Is this Dennis? Oh, Who yeah. is this? This song Heath? is dedicated to my mom because she's here tonight. <laughs> yeah. And this song is by a heavy metal band called Vengeance Rising. And the name of this song is called Receive Him. I hope you like it. Here we go. Receive him! Thanks. That goes out to my mom. She's proud of me because of the way I dress. I mean, that kid in the background always throws. This song's song. called said, It's you. So Hot I'm Gonna Have a Heat Stroke. All that is good. Context of the um, the secret bonus track mistakes. Um, this is one of those songs that they pointed out that yeah they flubbed, and even this version doesn't sound amazing. It's tricky with all the harmonies and stuff. I mean, there's uh, not there's even the harmonies. Just like the even the horns are just like a smidge, just the tiniest bit, like off in the beginning you get the feeling that this was the best version they had yes. not the version they really wanted this yeah that that's kind of my that's kind of my impression and i think at this point it still is one of their newer newer songs with the exception i mean obviously it came out in 98 and they play uh they play new hope and ugly day which also aren't the strongest cuts on on the record but what are yeah. your what are your thoughts on on this on this version i mean i want to i want to circle back on receive him real quick oh sure sure sure, sure. <laughs> um first of all who is that talking like who's I, singing the song i don't i mean i don't know i don't know if it's i don't know if it's dennis i thought it was dennis i, that's I thought it was dennis too dennis in mind for that. me too but then he's like i won't do it unless the horn players do it and i'm like well he's a horn player but i think it, you're right i don't know this might be a corrections corner next week um but okay vengeance rising <laughs> do we know them were we aware of them <laughs> no i don't okay i don't I, i've always, i don't know i always thought it was that it was a joke um i don't I, I did like a deep dive on them. <laughs> they have a fascinating history. Vengeance um, Rising? Yes. They were a Christian thrash metal band in the late 80s and then became um, Satanist. And then now yes. 
the guy is an atheist. Amazing. Um, so uh, I love it. They were known at the time for like their like brutally violent Christian album covers that would get them banned from Christian record stores. Oh, love this. Um, Why did so, I never? <laughs> yeah, I think you need to do a Vengeance Rising uh, deep dive. Uh, yeah, that song Receive Him was on the album Human Sacrifice. Um, <laughs> so anyway, shout out to uh, those dudes. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, uh, I think the bass in All That Is Good sounds great. As we discussed earlier, I think David Ablato said that, and we said that on the app. Um, the bass line is wonderful there. I don't know. I, yeah, it's not... Uh, I have it as kind of one of my, like, fine songs for this record. So. Oh, man. Yeah, the, the Human Sacrifice, it's... Uh, the cover is... Looks like Jesus's hand in, like, getting nailed to the cross... Yep. Uh, that I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm here. I'm here for all of this. It's kind of a weird all their records. <laughs> yeah. on vinyl. I think we talked about this in a, in an, in an app at one point, but it's like that line between, um, you know, death metal and, um, like Pentecostal Christianity is pretty blurry when it comes to the sort of like the reveling in the bloodiness of like yeah. <laughs> the crucifixion and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, but, but it seems like uh, he's he's still active, uh, according to according to Wikipedia. Okay, get him on the pod. Get him on the pod. We'll get you know. Uh, also, associated acts: Deliverance, Holy Soldier, Circle of Silence, Circle spelled with an S. Once <laughs> dead, die happy. Uh-huh. Clank wasn't Clank. Wasn't that a, a tooth and nail band? Sounds vaguely familiar. Blood, good, and and worldview. I thought Clank was a was definitely a uh, tooth and nail band, but um, maybe maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, no, they were. Yeah, Clank was a tooth and nail band. Interesting. Well, apparently they're buddies. Yeah, with Vengeance Rising. <laughs> All right, shall we uh, shall we move on to the other flower songs? <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> Field of yellow flowers underneath the sun. Bluest eyes that spark with lightning, boy, with shoes undone. Yes, young, so full of hope, reveling in tiny feet, filling up his arms with flowers, right for giving any queen. Running to her beaming bright while cradling his prize. Flickering a yellow light within his mother's eyes. She holds him to her heart, 
confuse me or does it seem like this song is being sung a little low? Mm. Yeah, I could see that. Like it sounds like it's just like a little bit lower than his normal register. Yeah, that uh, it could be. This could was be that uh, it's harder to replicate stuff live too. I don't know, but he certainly hits those high notes at other times. So. No, I, I'm not. I'm not trying to be an asshole. No, I'm no, just, no. I'm no just I hear make, you. Just like, making that did observation. Did they literally pitch it lower? Yeah. I try, and you just uh, are. I just. I'm not <laughs> <laughs> no, I was I mean, just sometimes, saying. Sometimes during live concerts, they they will pitch it. Yeah. So it's just a little easier to hit some of those. Right, right, right. Notes. And I'm saying maybe he screamed his lungs out on the striper tributes earlier and <laughs> <laughs> called an audible to take it down yeah. a, a half key or whatever. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, it's uh, This one's fine. Like it, he does a little intro at the end of the last track where he's like, this is a praise song and people don't really react. I don't know. Maybe you just can't hear the crowd noise, but interesting that he frames it that way. He's not wrong, yeah. but it's funny to hear it like so explicitly stated. Yeah. Um, I don't remember. If I, some, I don't remember every song that he does an intro to. The sax sounds weird there. I'm sitting in the corner with my finger up my nose And my suitcase is untied again Another day at school with no friends whoa, whoa. Social outcast Too great to hit a myth with my high water pants Giving meaning to pencil that geek A ducker so to speak, tongue in cheek tracks into this record like halfway through well no what i'm saying is you've only had one of your top three and then brian's had one and i've had zero so it's interesting looking back on um a lot of these songs made up our previous right top threes um so but yeah i think this is in keeping with what i was saying about like just because it's a great song on a proper record doesn't mean it's necessarily going to make the yep. the cut for me for this, but yeah. Um, yeah. Do you, was, any, do you have any thoughts on this one? I was just saying, I don't know if it was audible <laughs> that I was like, the sax sounds super like muted and weird in that one. I'm not sure what's going on. Um, yeah. There's, I don't know that it's um, I think it's, it's what's different about a Scott live record than what's different about like an MXPX record live record yeah, that we previously right. did is that, there are so many more variables. Totally. Yeah. Uh, when you have like this many people, this many instruments and yeah, uh, I think it's harder to play an outdoor shows, play outdoor right, shows, right. you know, it, it, there's a yeah. lot, of, there's a lot going on. 
if you've got a bad horn sound for a live record, like that's not that's not going to cut it for a band that's has a horn section on every song. Yeah, and I think like the first M- live MXPX show, they they played it at um, the nine thirty club in DC. Was that isn't that what where they played? We're five iron MXPX. No, no, what are we M- talking no, about? No, MXPX's lot first live album at the show. Oh yeah, I think you're right. I forgot about that. Um, yeah. So like. And, and so not just, but like Brian said, like playing outdoors in the middle of the summer and like, right, right, right. Yeah. It's like the best place to, in, for MXPX, the nine thirty club, if you're going to play a live show in DC. Yeah. That's like what, a great place to do it. We went to shows there together, didn't we? <sighs> did I we think go? we did. Yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> well, one of your was, I'm pretty sure one of your last shows that you did together was like, I don't know, like eight or seven or eight years ago when MXPX and Five Iron played a show at. Yeah. And I think it was that both of them at that show, Brian? I don't remember. I guess it was. <laughs> it's all went, a blur. Yeah. I went to two Five Iron shows in Chicago once they reunited. But right. I, I don't, were you, were we at both of those together? One of them was with MXPX, and then yeah. the other one was when they. They, yeah. I think they headlined and they had the a very depressing insiders. Opening. Yes, we went to both of those together, and now it's weird to look back that Andrew, you were not at either of those. Um, but yeah, the one at uh, the Riv did not. That was not with MXPX. It was oh, uh, yeah. it was the other one that had both of them. So cool. <laughs> uh, moving on to a track that there's going to be some controversy about. So here's the deal. This is yeah. great. And you guys are lame. That, um, is, that is false. We are awesome. And <laughs> this cover is questionable at best. Uh, okay. Make it's, your defense, John, because I have a hard pass on this one every yeah. time it comes up. You yeah. mean my number three? Is that the one you're talking about? Yes. <laughs> wow. This is, what is, this what is, is a bold claim right now. What is unusual is that you love this song. You know what it is, is that it's like, okay, full disclosure, I what's like, your relationship to 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 uh, <laughs> Tom, Tom Jones? Jones. <laughs> I mean marginal at best. Um no, I uh I for- <laughs> I forgot that this was on all the hype. Uh all the hype was not a big record for me and I was I like I think it was really a big record for anybody. Interesting. Uh yeah, we'll get into it next week. <laughs> um but I just definitely forgot that that was on the proper album. So I was like, Oh, this is a really fun, like live pull. This is one thing we talked about when we talked about covers too, is like, I love a good 
cover live. Like I don't need a cover to be on an album necessarily. And I don't always need a cover even to be included in a covers record. Like if it's just pretty straightforward, but as a fun live song for a ska band, I think this is a good one. It's cool. It's like something different. And then I went back and realized like, Oh, they actually did this for the album. And then remembered that I was like, that's kind of a bummer that it's on like the proper album. Um, I don't know. I think it's fun. I would have a good time if those horns started. Well, okay. So Brian can share his thoughts, but we had this conversation about, five iron and uh cover choices yeah i don't i i am a i don't like their choice of covers like i i don't think there's really any song that they cover that i like and most of the time i would prefer they just left them off the albums Mm. um what about final countdown bro that's but that's not that's that because that's live only but it's different like so like amy grant like that cover is is good like good enough um, Laps. it's about <laughs> and you know and i like the elo i just think i'm not saying that they're not uh decent covers i just think that they're i think that they're curious covers yeah well well uh, this will come up again this album for me Same. um but uh there's one later that I really, really like. I'm not uh, saying you're wrong. The <laughs> uh, it's tough first couple seconds for this song. Um, this is a great song. It's a overall. I'm not totally uh, impressed with with this performance either. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a fun live song. Um, I like when I feel, uh, like, I feel like when the, you hear me saying different things. I'm not saying it's not a good. I, I just <laughs> sure, sure, sure. On this the quality of the this recording, particular cut. It's, it just, it doesn't, it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I like when uh, they have that little shout along though on the bridge where it's like the. All right. <laughs> yeah. So aren't you just picturing yourself hopping along and having a good time? I am. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, whatever. Um, so this is a, um, a the intro for Ant, uh, for uh, for New Hope, um, and I have various thoughts. <laughs> Same. This is a this is going to be a new song. Um, it's it's called A New Hope, and it's also about freedom. But this freedom, um, we live in, in Denver, Colorado, and uh, you guys know all, what all went down at Columbine. Well. We practiced at Micah's house, which is like three or four blocks from there. And his sister went to school there. She was like one of the kids locked in the choir room. And uh, when we're at home, 
everyone's talking about it, but the thing is that they try, they try and blame that on, on video games and try and blame it on bad parenting and try and blame it on TV violence and stuff. I think all those things are bad, but I think the real problem is that mankind is dark and that without God, people do things like that. And, uh, False. <laughs> I imagine you have some thoughts on that, Andrew. <laughs> Uh, yes, the, there are, uh, plenty of people who don't (laughs) believe in God that don't go into schools and, um, shoot them up. Uh, and I think you can look at a lot of extremism these days that has absolutely nothing to do with secular (laughs) ideology. And, uh, and I'm sure this is something that, you know, Reese would probably not, um, identify as having, not believing this. And he has, his positions have shifted over quite a bit over the years. And, uh, and maybe he's not trying to say that like only atheists would ever commit such atrocities, but that is, essentially what he's saying is that without God, this is what the result is. And it's not too, too far removed from this is what happens when you take prayer out of schools, you know, you're, you're you're left with a a godless existence. And, you know, um, I know coming off of a, a, a horrifying tragedy like Columbine, it's, I, I I like that he was trying to bring some nuance into it. It just the the uh, the uh, where he ended up bumped me out because yeah, it's not about video games. It's not about violent TV shows. Right. Uh, it, it's so I, I'm. But yeah. What I mean, you yeah. I, I was just gonna say that the flip side, you know, the other side of the coin of the like. Um you know, only people who are without God do things like that. Like also people who do claim to be with God do things like that all the time. Right. <laughs> um, so that's what you were saying too. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't know, Brian, I'd be interested to hear what you think too, but like, I think having a theology of like a world that was meant to exist with God in it, you know, the world as God intended, um, is not supposed to have stuff like this. And the way that the world turned out to be different from that does as a result, if that's the theology, like I can, I can get on board with that idea. Um, but I don't know if it's quite as broad as what, I don't, I think that may be a broader read than what he's saying here. Cause I don't buy the idea that like, yeah, if you, you don't have God, you are more prone to stuff like this. Um, so I don't know. Anyway, it's complicated. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I, I have thought while kind of like listening a little more closely to the lyrics over the last couple of weeks to their first few albums, that there's a definite kind of um, uh, reformed theology in yeah. their, in their lyrics. I mean, and you hear it in that, that kind of idea that mankind is dark and without God, they do things like that. That's a yeah. very much kind of like a total depravity of man, you know, humankind idea. 
Um, and you see it in other aspects of their songs where they talk about, you know, Reese writes things that, you know, um, about kind of um, almost, you know, kind of God dictating. I'm trying to find uh, where it is that. Um, yeah, isn't this what we were talking about last week, Andrew? Yeah, I mean, I, it could be, I mean, it could be, depending on the song you're talking about. It could well, my be, evil it plan could, to save the world definitely gets into some of that. Yeah, it could also could be like a Dennis song. Dennis has. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so I mean, it's just it it comes up where the 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 idea that it that God is in control of everything, right. and um, you know, humans apart from God are any are wretched, and we need we yep. can't do anything good without God, and that right, right, right. Um, those ideas, um, you know, and I know from doing a little bit of work, it seems like they were all part of like a Presbyterian church, which has a kind of reform, which is reformed theology. And so that, 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 you know, your early, you know, that kind of, especially when you're in your early twenties, that um, reformed theology, which gives you kind of a, a very kind of rigid framework yeah. to kind of base your life around is enticing. But I think the longer you live, the less it really holds um, yeah, which is maybe why some of a few of the lyrics in some of these songs are you kind of hear and you're like, uh, that yeah. doesn't really. Well, that's that's also like that's a uh, second season, um, and uh, uh, beautiful America. Those are like some of those. The world is the world is bad. Everything's evil. Right. Can't wait we're all dead and in heaven and <laughs> yeah the line between um you know a, a sort of countercultural um going against the grain of society's ways movement and the like this godless world and we're different is kind of blurred sometimes in the like christian punk world uh, so i think that's what i've been discovering a little bit with some of these albums of stuff that i thought was more uh the former is actually more the latter, I think. <laughs> that like yeah. um anyway, but just like musically, I will say the song is pretty cool to hear. Um it's our like introduction on the record to any new yeah. non cover material, and it's the only one here not from the first three records, at least, right. you know, not counting the the cover. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it is kind of like yeah, it's definitely indicative of a new sound they're going into but i really like that horn line and it's yeah it's an interesting song yeah. i don't know we'll talk more about it next week but yeah the uh the thing i was trying to find earlier was actually from flowery song oh, okay says um songs to god in control of the seasons what's good mm. and bad flows from thy hands you know like yeah, that yeah, kind right. of idea right? yeah interesting <laughs> Shall we, uh, shall we move into A New Hope? So, it's called A New Hope. I forgot we hadn't listened yet. Amy's going back to school today. 
Yeah, the that horn line and I mean all of that rules. Yeah, that's great. I forgot we hadn't listened to it already. <laughs> that's fine. No, I feel like we we covered that significantly, so we don't really uh do you have yeah. any anything to say about the lyrics there or uh we'll save it for next week. All right, that's fair. I that's think fair. I think the most important part of the song comes after. Um you know, King of the Dinosaurs. <laughs> <laughs> I admire them for including this. <laughs> I do remember this from Cornerstone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I seem to recall that he says, like, march around in yeah, yeah, yeah. circles or something like that. Rip up your face of the dinosaur. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's enough. <laughs> I think we said in that album episode that the intro is fun live, yeah. uh, which it, it sure is. It, uh, it hypes you up for sure. Yeah. It's very fast also. Um, yeah. It sounds, it's fun. I got nothing else to say. <laughs> I mean, there's not, the lyrics are kind of like, yeah, <laughs> not particularly resonant for us. I, kinda, I always wonder why, you know, they play this. I don't know if they play this as much now, but I yeah, always I wonder so. like, why they didn't in that space put play like old west yeah or, i'd love to hear um, that um is it right right gear like yeah, yeah, i don't know yeah, if they yeah. I've, i don't know if i've ever right heard them play dead. that play that live that would yeah, be I'd awesome to hear, to hear that. live perhaps we'll convey that to them <laughs> i'm saying yeah um all right ugly day a another song on the forthcoming record at this at this point Oh, yeah.
I'm uh, uh <laughs> I'm, I'm feeling the song these days. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that sounds right. That bridge uh, that we're going to there is pretty good. Yeah. Um, Got the, that them uh, some lineal whoops. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> Whoa. Um, I yeah. <laughs> not quite that, I guess. It was not one again that I particularly remembered from hype. Going through hype is going to be interesting, um, but it didn't do a, a ton for me here either. I don't know. Um, it's it's fine. Um, it's not a yeah. It's not a song that I particularly do. We know anything about Christie. No, it's something I wonder every time I hear the song. I I, um, I feel like I was looking up that like it may it like I don't know if it was a, a serious girlfriend or a fiance or something like that, but it seems um, like it seems like one of those uh, ill-advised things to do when you're in an established band to name check somebody a particular sp- person a particular person yeah no i i think i remember reading that it was about his engagement um being broken off so yeah anyway <laughs> that's a bummer <laughs> yeah speaking of non-bummers <laughs> Woo! i want to do one more song yeah okay? shouts to our girl okay that's right this is just one more quick song people that are over here because you guys have been real supportive and cool she's talking about us <laughs> that's right <laughs> <laughs> yeah she uh <laughs> she went ham she went ham she says in the uh outtakes later that the lyrics weren't weren't right at all because <laughs> i'm like what did she say it's <laughs> was yeah <laughs> When it does I not go, sound like I get hit by cars at the end, though, that's for sure. No, it does definitely does not sound like she ever says she eats mashed potatoes. No. I can kind of hear it, but it's... it's get back, yeah. guys. Yeah. Uh, it's great, whatever it is. my number three. Oh, interesting tell me why it's it's one of the songs i feel like they've probably played so much at this point mm-hmm. that it just sounds really tight it sounds really practiced and i think the i think the horns at the beginning sound really really great yeah um but i also i i like the um I think that there's th- this particular block of songs coming up. I just think is really strong. I really like the uh, the ending. 
Hi, Keith. <laughs> Is this when he makes the underwear joke? How are you guys doing? Yeah. Cool. Thanks, you guys, for coming and staying up late with us. Hey, Keith. Um, what are you doing over there? Uh, over here? Yeah, over there. I'm keeping it real. What are you guys doing out there? Are you keeping it real? Word. Keep it real. I like that he... he met, Leonor needs to remind him how the joke is supposed to go. Like... <laughs> He's like, what are you doing over there? It's like, no, that's... I can't hey, tell yeah, if he's Keith, just <laughs> messing with him or if no, he's like, trying to lead up to that joke or not. Well, a, well, you can hear Leonor in the background. What are you guys doing out there? Are you keeping it real? Word. Keep it real. <laughs> what? Hey, yeah, Keith, what were you eating under there? <laughs> Underwear. Oh, my gosh. You were... <laughs> oh, wait, we got to take that it. off the album so it'll make it in the... In the Christian bookstores, <laughs> love a uh, Christian bookstore bus toss on record. It, that is that is one of the reasons. It's it's uh, it's my number three, uh, <laughs> and especially in this in this era, nineteen ninety nine era of like, yeah, when when uh, the fundamental elements of Southtown by Pod was censored for Christian bookstores. And the aforementioned at the show by MXPX also removed yeah, a song the, for Christian the, bookstores. Yeah, removed the KKK uh, <laughs> uh, Ramon song. Yeah. Oh, Christian bookstores. Did you ever? Did you shop? Did you guys shop at Christian bookstores? Sometimes. I mean, <laughs> have I you got, listened to our podcast? <laughs> I, I mean, I typically download and don't listen. So. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, we've uh, we've talked for a while about going to a, a Lifeway or a 2020 Lifeway equivalent and, and potting about it. <laughs> See, I, I don't think I ever did. And this is, I, I mean, I discovered, I discovered Five Iron Frenzy at the Best Buy on, again, Rand Road in yeah. Northwest. That was I'll where, know. and I found it there. Like that shouts, was... shouts to the Best Buy on Rand Road where I also <laughs> picked up my Teenage Politics CD. Yeah. An important place for us, a punk milestone. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> shopping a big corporate. Uh, yeah, this is <laughs> this will go down in in uh, Christian punk history as uh, life um, I mean, I know one Christian bookstore that you hung out at, Brian, because uh, I worked there in college, and it was the Covenant Bookstore. So, well, yeah, that's because it had the books for. <laughs> I know, but it also it also had many CDs. Yeah, <laughs> that is true. I did I did cop some uh, CDs at that at that bookstore. Yeah. Uh, now, on to... It helps to eat a tasty, low-fat snack before you... It's time to exercise. burn up those carbos. Come on. Two. Yeah. Uh, uh, I love it. This company uh, uh, was great. Uh, it's also, the, the... I forgot about this.
Hagenbirds and jalapenos on my Polish hot dog. Half a pound of potato chips in a beef jerky log. Press my face through the window. Rapper sticks to my shirt. Eight people in a sinky van. Couple more could learn. Eat some food off the floor. Unequivocally, my number one. My number one, too. Yeah. Um, so this is where we get to covers. Yeah. If they're going to, like, almost play a minute and a half of Close, <laughs> of close to Me, uh-huh. why not cover that? Because it sounds great. great. Yes, it sounds it great. And that have... would be a million times better than any Tom Jones song <laughs> that they could ever cover. I mean, I agree with that. And that's why it's my number one. But yeah, I have in my notes, it just made me want them to do a straight ahead cover of the song. <laughs> I'm, this is my point. It's like, yeah. if that's the best we can get, I mean, um, and yeah. there's something something else I forgot to mention during the, uh, when we talked about it's not unusual. The only uh, approved use of Tom Jones, in in my opinion, is the the use of what John Mulaney and his friend did at the Salt and Pepper Diner, where they played "What's New Pussycat" on the jukebox <laughs> twenty one uh, times. I mean, much much to the chagrin of everybody in there. But they did, yeah. th- but they did throw like right in the middle. They did throw uh, "It's Not Unusual" in there to mix it up. Right, then right back to "What's New Pussycat." <laughs> Amazing. Um, yeah, I just, I mean, I love that song already and I know there've been punk covers of it before, but just the like, yeah, the kind of done with the swing, uh, style and the horns in there. I mean, it just sounds great. It, yeah. And, I'm really into and I think I'm not a horn expert, but I'm assuming that was Dennis on the trombone. I would think so. I mean, it, it sounded, but it's, that was a great trombone yeah solo. no it sounds really good um and i love it going into superpowers like it's a fun yeah combo and and superpower sounds good here yeah. too okay you know guys i know what it's like to be at the rock and roll concerts <laughs> you go you might be a little bit lonely you might look to your right or left and maybe you see this i just drooled on myself a beautiful young lady and you're saying to yourself, if only they would play a slow song, that I might take that young lady in my arms and slow dance with her as if the night would never end. Well, my friends, now is your chance. Take that girl in your arms and slow dance like there's no tomorrow. This is all fake. <laughs> Specific memories of people slow dancing at festivals, 
my number two okay interesting it's my number one wow okay i mean i i enjoy it but what what makes it so special for you guys um i mean the song is a banger no matter what context it's in correct but i uh i i i just i i'm looking at this song through the lens of this particular album which is why superpowers which was not on my top three for like the close to me intro for superpowers and and the, and then Reese's banter with with this song and you know just his over dramatic uh, intro I think is funny and uh, and then him saying this is all fake I I just think that it's all <laughs> yeah that's good it's it's just it's it's perform it's like a per- piece of performance art it's just like it's silly <laughs> I mean, to me this is like a this is if you're going to, again, for me, it's if you go to a five iron show and they don't play blue Kong sure. 78, yeah. be, you're going to be, be like, did I actually see five iron play? I mean, that right. is, they're, it they're is required. And so I'd go and get my right gear. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a, it's just, this has to be a part of the show and it's a great version of the song. And I, it's also, it. it's so going from this song into every new day, uh, these, both of these songs have, the quintessential five iron crescendo moments. Mm -hmm. So uh, back to back, you know, they're, they, they both, spoiler alert, every new day is my number two, but the, they, Mm. I'm breaking protocol here. uh, But they, (laughs) but they, but like you mentioned, they both have those moments and both of those songs make me feel something. Right. No matter what context I listen to them in, whether it's the live version at a show on the original album, like they all move me in a way yeah. that I, you know, I can't disassociate from my, you know, connection to it from 20 years ago, but. Right. Yes. Um, yep. I, we've said the same things about kind of their um, worship adjacent, or at least sort of like emotionally honest and transcendent songs uh, in each of the episodes where it's just like, it still connects with me today emotionally, but it's also like the emotions of that time from back then are still so wrapped up in it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yeah. Um, we need to also talk about this intro. Um, this is something that I have to, I have to pray myself every day. Cause uh, I don't know. I just think that this, the purpose of this world is like, is not to, not so you can get all the all the cool houses and toys and cars and stuff that you want. It's pretty much just to make you realize how how much of a jerk you are and how much you need God. And uh, the song is just about how when you're at the bottom and you realize that you're the biggest jerk in the world and you need God to carry you, that He loves you enough to to look past how big a jerk you are and carry you. It's called.
So um, it's hard for me. I don't know. Okay, maybe we should just listen to Every New Day and then uh, we'll, I'll get into some of my thoughts. Called Every New Day. Okay. of life could catch my eye the life was new and every new day I thought that I could fly I believed in what I hoped for and I hoped in things unseen I had wings and dreams could soar I just don't feel like flying anymore when the stars do down their fears what forward to a song and you know we talked about in the previous episode that i don't see this song as emotionally manipulative like i see other worship songs that are the the chord progressions are so right calculated and precise to be uh manipulative to generate like an emotional response I, i i i honestly feel like this is an authentically uh written song um the the preface the preface about uh, that our purpose on this earth is just to realize how shitty we are. <laughs> yeah, uh, 
is something that I have struggled with for most of my life. And I blame so much of this way of thinking and the perpetuation of it through a lot of Christian music that reinforced a self-hatred in me and a mm. lot of other people mm. that, that we suck and just the repetition of we suck, we suck, we suck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then after decades of saying that to ourselves, we're like, oh, why, why do I feel like shit all the time? Right. Um, and I think some people internalize that in, in different ways, but I, I took it, I took it to heart very seriously. And, and it's, it is, it is a very, in my view, a very damaging and toxic form of, of theology. And I, uh, I hope other people can see, see beyond that way of thinking and view this song in a more positive way, as opposed to just thinking, um, I, I need to pray every day that God loves me since I'm, I'm so awful. Yeah, that's interesting. I don't think I, yeah, I, I sort of bumped on what he was saying in the intro a little bit. I don't know that I attach it to the lyrics of the song as much but yeah once you look at the song through that lens maybe it, it shifts a little but yeah it's certainly in keeping with what you're saying brian about that reformed sort of just like we're garbage and we'll never be anything but <laughs> without god's help kind of and even then we're still garbage yeah I, yeah i think it that's that comes out in that kind of uh aspect as he talks before the yeah. Before this, before the song, you know, and I, it, it does, like it's, it is, this is always interesting. And I know you mentioned this on last week's podcast, Andrew, that like having, you know, grown up in the same house and having vi- listened to a lot of the same music and have right, received right. very different messages. Like that's not something that I internalized in the same way right. you did, but right. I, I would agree that there is like a, f- fetishization about of if that's the is that the right word is that the is that yeah, a word fetishization so. that yeah. of Fetishize. this idea that like we're te- you know because we're human we're garbage and the only, but without kind of being able to say like i can both say that i am broken and that i you know the, the word sin has a lot of difficult connotations these days but that i make mistakes in the broadest sense, like in the mm-hmm. way that I participate in broken systems in this world. And I participate in uh, screwing up in my own daily life with, but without kind of making that the kind of frame in which I view my entire existence, right. you know, mm-hmm. that I can say, I can both see that there is uh, things with about me that I need to work on while also finding that, I don't think the purpose in this life is to just focus on how crappy I am, but to, right. you know, cause, and that's what it always confuses me about this theology aspect in some of their songs is because part of what five iron does is they bring so much joy in their music. Right. Yeah. And a sense in which you can have a great time and uh, think about these difficult issues from, you know, the murder of native Americans to right. poverty while also like having just a silly time with these crazy songs. And yeah. why do we, why can't we like, why do we have to just focus on that? We're terrible. We're because we're human. 
and broken. We're so terrible and we can't begin to see a way in which God is calling us to a not focused because that's again another way of just kind of focus turning the focus on ourselves right um kind of theology where it's it's about our own um salvation our own personal relationship our own brokenness and and it just it's it's it makes it makes the faith about us and not the collective and Mm -hmm. and 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 but John and I have said this before that these songs feel like outliers, which is why they so often stand out to me so much because they, the tone is so strikingly different than to what you're saying. The Brit talking about other things that, you know, are of importance outside of ourselves and about silly things. And then bringing it back to like, Oh, but by the way, we're all garbage. It's just like, it, it's, it's jarring to me. Yeah. Um, and it's uh, particularly interesting that this then leads into, um, I love you, Lord. And I left my voice <laughs> after the song. Um, we've talked about how they used to close their sets with, or Reese would just do worship songs after. Um, right. And I'm glad it's only a, a little bit of it here. Cause it's like, that is the sort of, peak 90s ccm style worship that when i listen to it today doesn't move me (laughs) but um yeah i do i there's something to the idea that like there was an open wrestling um and sort of like willingness to kind of get authentic i think that maybe um is part of why this worked for people even if the theology you know is, is questionable like it somebody openly wrestling in an era of where Christian music was like all about the, you know, the shine over everything and um, glossiness, not acknowledging the the struggle aspect as much. I don't know. Maybe there's something there. Anyway, yeah, that's a lot of thoughts. Let's uh, let's move on to something significantly <laughs> uh, less heavy. Yeah. We, we got to blow through some of these. There's a lot of mess ups here. <laughs> Hi, this is Reese Roper from Five Iron Frenzy. I'd like to say thank you for buying another one of our stupid albums. <laughs> this is a hidden track, and it contains various mistakes that we made over the 11 shows we played for this live album. You may notice that we are not rock stars, because you will hear these mess-ups, and you will say to yourself, my God, what have I done? What have I done? Yes, you will. <laughs> okay, here's Jeff. I don't know what kind of banter Reese has told you, but yeah, we mess up a lot, and sorry that the words for when I go out aren't right at all. And you might get to hear the uh, clip where half of the band started with one song and half of the band started with other song and stuff like song and stuff like that. And yeah, like you said, we're not rock stars, but I hope you enjoy these outtakes. The song is called To Hell with the I love this so much. <laughs> he loves doing that. That was your cue, drummer! <laughs> <laughs> This might be my favorite outtake of all of you. It's like, what happened? So bad. 
What just happened? <laughs> oh yeah, brother! What happened? Yeah! <laughs> this is why they had to come back out and play songs over, like I said. Oh yeah, we practice a lot. <laughs> Sorry. Good job, Micah. Micah failed. Tape. See what hair does to you. Forever on tape. The hair thing makes more sense knowing it was that they're wearing wigs. Tape, Micah. Can't click. You're wasting tape, Micah. Hey, how do you like our new song? I need to. I need to say that Brian and I still to this day on the reg will say. Tape, Micah! You're wasting tape! You're wasting tape! Oh man, that makes me very happy. <laughs> it's just so, it's, uh, it, I, uh, it's great. I love it. Uh -huh. Can I start the song now? <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> this is, these are all so brutal. Hey, you guys, there's a 10 year old kid named Michael. <laughs> yeah, all these missing kids. Michael, who's 10, you need to go some of the scaffolding underneath. No doubt. I bet, right yeah. There. Sorry to interrupt the show. I'm looking for a Marisa Banta. Um, your mother's looking for you. Just go back to your tent, please. I wonder if she's on Facebook. Marisa Banta. Marisa Banta. You know, I'm sensing a theme here. It, if anyone has left your mom and she's worried about you, go talk to her. Okay. That's good advice. That's real good advice. Hey, how's everybody in the back doing? Is everybody in the back doing okay? Gotta apologize for that. Micah, how you doing over there, homeboy? I'm not good, homie. Word, are you keeping it real? Keep it Yikes. real. Yo, hey, Micah, are you keeping it on the DL? Keep it on the down. See, low. this feels like uh, you <laughs> from the <laughs> hip hop <laughs> pants, where I'm just like, I. This is embarrassing. <laughs> oh man, uh, let's see what else we got. Here. Dennis mission. was trying to ask me a question. Dennis is asking a question. <laughs> They're like setting up a bit here. Yeah, the, the moment's gone. I... Come on, Dennis. <laughs> I was ready to open up, okay? Did I wreck it? I didn't yes, Keith, you wrecked, you wrecked it. Stupid movie reference. <laughs> Sorry. It's not funny, okay? Hey, how many of you guys were here last year when we played? Okay, okay. Last year, we played two years ago. Oh, it's two years ago. Um... And all of those people unintentionally got. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're definitely last year. You liars. Um, yeah. Look, we're sellouts now, and you guys have to sit in seats, and we're not playing the punk rock stage. And I want to apologize to all the punk rockers out there. Uh, we're sorry we're sellouts. <laughs> we hope you still like us. See, Leonor speaking right to young, a young Johnny's heart right there about That's true. Yeah. Being, being concerned about selling out. You, you definitely would have been one of those people in the back being like, man, this is lame. <laughs> 
I don't want to be in suits. <laughs> How am I supposed to open up that pit? I know, right? Uh, sure you things that up? about covers it, right? <laughs> <laughs> I think so. Brian, congratulations. You, you may be on one of our longest ever episodes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is, a, this is a long one. Well, closing thoughts? Every episode. <laughs> I mean, well, last, last week was under two hours. I think that might be one of hey. our records. All right. It was, a, it, it was an EP, so. This balances that out. Yeah. <laughs> um, closing parting thoughts, anyone? Um, uh, it's fun to go through this record. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it's, it's interesting to think about how many albums we covered for MXPX before we actually got to a, uh, right. you know, this is only two full lengths in an EP and we're already at a live record. Yeah. Yeah. So this is a uh, this is new. Um, yeah, but I'm good. Um, cool. Yeah. Well, weigh in with what uh, you think about this record and all things Five Iron at our Magnified Pod socials on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Um, if you're enjoying us, give us a rating or a review wherever you get your podcasts, and go ahead and subscribe if you aren't already. That would help us out. Smash that subscribe. So you gotta smash the subscribe button. Um, Email us at magnifiedpod at gmail.com to share more takes. You can also give us a call and leave us a voicemail, 872-762-4763, 8727-MAGPOD. Right. You can support us at patreon.com slash magnifiedpod. Buy merch at magnifiedpod.storeenvy.com. Almost forgot that one. <laughs> um, and a uh, special thanks to our shadow producer, Unoriginal Vinyl. You can yeah. find them at Unoriginal Vinyl. And thanks to Heavy Ordnance Studios at Heavy underscore Ordnance underscore Studios and Danny Leary of uh, MXPX Memes and Sadie Hawkins Pod for our artwork. Well, time is winding down, but only for this up. We want you to be found enjoying the next step when we'll cover all the hype that money can buy. Perfect. Doing the Carlton dance. I don't usually want to have fun with anyone. I'm in love with you. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Beautiful. No, I mean, that's, that's about <laughs> as on par with Tom Jones. The song I understand. Is, the song's hot garbage. Mm, interesting takes. <laughs> I'm talking about. I'm talking about. I'm talking about that TJ over here. Tom Jones sucks. Talking about that TJ over here. <laughs> talking about that. <laughs> talking about that Tom Jones over here. Yeah, it's. I mean, I. It's, I can't defend it that much. I, hey, yeah. what's what's new, Pussycat? What's new? <laughs> you suck over here. That's good. Nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man.